everyone, welcome to Frame Trap. With me today, I have an ever salient panel. Daniel Bloodworth on Hello. the end there. Kyle Bossman taking up the middle seat. Feels good to be salient. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Rounding out the cast, we have Bradley Ellis. Berserk. <laughs> Berserk. Brad, you and I have some plans for Berserk that Ooh. we're not going to spoil, but... Do we know? It, let's just say... <laughs> Don't do that. You're going to have to be very specific or else people will assume the most. They will assume the utmost. You know that, what? Like we're working on the next chapter yeah, of yeah, Berserk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm new lead writer. Okay. <laughs> no, Brad, do you, think, do you think we can say it? Yeah, it's fine with me. Okay. Well, all right. Not how I was planning on starting the show, but uh, in January 2017, at some point in the month, Brad and I are going to be doing a new monthly show uh, where we talk about an anime series, whichever one mm-hmm. we fancy. The first episode is going to be about Berserk, and anime we'll go or from ma- there. Or manga. Whoa. Other series that we've decided that we would talk about would be One Piece, Hunter Hunter, oh. Kill a Kill, mm-hmm. and and I lo- look at this <laughs> just lighting up uh, every single time we talk about a series that one of the other allies is interested in. Like for Berserk, you know, Huber and E make a good choice. Hunter Hunter, Kyle Bossman makes the best choice. Mm. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring in. Uh, guess and we're gonna we're gonna do that. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I think uh, yeah. I think having Brad on another show, maybe Brad, you should lead this thing. Maybe. Yeah. We'll yeah. Absolutely. But absolutely. Uh, I think it's great. It'd be it'd be really cool if it were a new Patreon tier, but <laughs> you get some incentive. Blood your, <laughs> you're bursting her bubble. Killing here. the buzz of <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. We'll find a way to add value to patrons with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the long fabled anime podcast. It is oh the my long. God. You started yeah. this with a gift, Ben. I don't yeah. know how better you could oh have started gosh. a podcast. Oh well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm your host, Ben Moore, by the way. Um, and we've got a another episode where we're going to be talking about a video game a whole lot that we've all played that we're all really into, The Last Guardian. <laughs> But we're going to mix it up. This is actually Kyle's suggestion, and it was a really smart suggestion. Uh, we're going to be talking, that's the very last thing we're going to be talking about on this podcast, is The Last Guardian, so we can go into it. So we can maybe talk about spoilers without fear of, like, forcing you guys to scrub through the podcast and, uh, you know, have to skip over a bunch of stuff. So you get a whole regular frame trap, and then some lovely Last Guardian talk at the end. Uh there's one thing before we get into this that I want to talk about real quick, and I want to talk about Christmas breaks coming up. Ooh. Mm. And I want to know, panel, how are you feeling about Christmas break? Are some of you going home? What are you doing? How do you feel about the holidays? How do you feel about your own families? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so pumped. That's a weird question. Okay, my home is... Is that a weird question? My home is here, but uh, it's going to be an awesome Christmas, dude. Like, 25 people are coming to our house. Mm. Parents house. It's going to be pandemonium. Just games everywhere. Because a bunch of people coming over are, are like my age, my brother's age, that we all grew up playing games together. So I'm going to have all my games, everything in my room, my computer. I'm going to have a separate room with the NES Mini, ready to go for anyone else who wants nice. to jump in. Brett, I want to come wow. to your house. That's how you be a host, man. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, do you think like a bunch of your family members will be around like playing Mario 3 and stuff? Probably, yeah. It's okay. going to be sweet, dude. Nice. Do you, do you have like any special drinks? You drink the, the Ellis household? My brother is like a, a beer connoisseur. Ooh. Like, he like spe- he's like a f- fanatic, I would say. Mm-hmm. And like different types of beer. So I always let him do all that stuff. You know, does he bring much. like a bunch of yes, really cool beer over and you guys drink and it? And he has like an entire fridge and more filled with beer. It's insane. It's like your game collection, but just beer. <laughs> I legit want to go over to your... You like I want to abandon my family and, and he, just hang dude, out with the Ellis. Dude, you ready for this? He got me... 
and I saved one for you specifically. What? It's a Diablo beer. Like, what? after Diablo, yeah, they had him at BlizzCon and stuff like that. Whoa. And he and got a just, couple of them. He's just been because he's on Because he's more of a beer fan than anything. Mm-hmm. He saw a rare beer, mm-hmm. and he says, I need that. Yep. Oh, you might be interested in this. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you like Diablo, right, Brad? I was like, That's yes, cool. I do. So uh, I was like, oh, Ben Moore. That's uh, you just made me think about t- something, talking about your, your brother being a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. And when you're, like, super into things, like you're obsessed with something, you end up using language that you don't realize is bizarre, but normal people, when they're around you, realize is super bizarre. And this moment happened to me recently. I went to a used game store, and my, my girlfriend was with me, and I saw a rare game that I had never seen in a game store before. Mm. And I go up to her, I'm like, oh, I've never seen this in the wild before. And she's like, what are you talking about in the wild? <laughs> that's, something, that's something that I say all the time when I see a game that what was it? I haven't seen before. Yeah, really? Uh, what? I think it was Bushido Blade 2. Really? One, yeah. Hmm. I never played 2. I didn't realize I, it I've was never a, seen I it in the wild before. You know, what's, what's really bad is... When there are those games like that that are like now super rare and hard to find, yeah. And I have a copy that I've had since launch that I haven't finished. Oh, <laughs> feels bad, man. <laughs> Blood. You probably have like one of those. I've got quite a few. Okay, I think. yeah, I got. I was gonna say, yeah, I got. Uh, Damn, what, what were you about to say, Ben? That was very like smug. No, no, you no. Probably no got, like yeah. one. I've got no, like no, no. three. It wasn't meant to be smug. It was just. Uh, Okay, another story. I, I For years, I ranted that I was like, oh, I want a copy of Earthbound on the SNES oh, okay. for, so badly. And uh, somebody got it for me as a gift. And I was like, oh, I want to play this series. I've heard Dude. nothing but great things. This is a really important RPG. Still have not played that copy oh, of that man. cartridge that okay. somebody like went out of their way to find for me. And so, no, it's not, it's not smugness. It's just Did you play it in some format or you still haven't played it? What's that? Did you play it in a different format, or you still haven't played it? I have played the virtual console version, but I've still not played that oh, cartridge. Oh, man, you gotta do the real yeah. deal. Yeah, it's I mean, very disrespectful. The virtual console, yeah, it's pretty good emulation for the most part. But, yeah, uh, I, yeah I've been loving Earthbound, man. Yeah, Dude. yeah. I've been watching your streams, too. That it seems awesome. so good. Uh, Kyle. Let me tell you something I'm really excited about. Okay. This Christmas in particular. Oh, my. Pertains to this podcast. Uh, so, I uh, got a PS4 Pro, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to my dad about it, you know, and he's like... Uh, Papa Boss? Yep. He said, uh, what are you doing with the old PS4? And I said, oh, I'm probably going to take it to GameStop and trade it in. Do you and know I, what that price is? I know, and that's what he asked. He said, like, so how much are they going to give you for it? And I said, oh, I don't know, probably like 100 bucks. He said, oh, okay. And I said, wait, what, did you, did you want it? It's like, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was, I was thinking about it, but if you know, if you're gonna get a hundred bucks, you know, you should probably get it. And I was like, no, Dad, if you want my PS4, please, I'm, I'm dying to give this to you, dude. Awesome. And he said, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'd take it. Wait, does your dad ever play games? I've never seen my dad play a video game since Jet Moto dude. on PS1. Wow. And we talked about it. I said, like, okay, I'm giving you this PS4. What kind of games do you want? And he's like, oh, well, I guess, is there any game like Jet Moto? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, they stopped making Jet Moto. They stopped it. Um, So maybe I'll get him like Riptide GP2. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's exactly where this was going. Yeah, yeah. But he wants wants racing games. Dude, get him Wipeout when it comes out. 
Well, yeah. that's the thing, as I said, like, do you want, like, arcade racing games? And he's like, ah, no, I kind of want, mm-hmm. like, serious racing games. So I think I'm going to give him Drive Club. Drive Club's oh, okay. good. Yeah. yeah, sure. Especially now with all the stuff they bolted <laughs> onto it. Like, I've got to get back into Drive Club. I don't know what that game looks like right now. And I, Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I think, yeah, it'll be, like, that's a game you can put time into. Like, that's a good, good like, Dude, that's getting cool. back into games kind of mm-hmm. game. I don't I'm know what so else to give I'm jealous of you. Yeah, like, he's, this has not happened for... You know, 20 years. Like, you're just going to be able to call your dad to check in now, and he's going to give you a drive club update. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, unlock this sweet Porsche. He said Kyle. he doesn't want guns. He said he doesn't want a gun game, so okay. that, that takes out that, a lot. That's like kind of makes him even cooler, though. Yeah. That opens the door for just the weird stuff, and mm-hmm. I mean that affectionately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, could, you could throw a little journey on there, maybe a little inside. Oh, journey would mm-hmm. be cool for you. Yeah, witness? actually, those I don't know if that's I don't know about wit- witness, but <laughs> oh, maybe like yeah, you know, like I'm a lot. Sworn. Yeah, like a lot of our parents, I think. Oh, he's not going to be an witness, dude. Swan. Give your dad a shot. I know my dad. Trust in your dad. No, no, no. Pop I know but, my dad. But anything like yeah, like a journey or inside or brothers, like anything that you can get through in a night or two, mm-hmm. like that. Those are like perfect like parent games. Yeah, it's. I gotta like. I need something that's like hard and grounded for him, though. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have like that one thing that you just keep coming back to. Yeah, shovel night. (laughs) Shovel night would be a step. That'd be a step. Shovel night. Do you think there is any reality where you know you give this this PS4 to your dad, he starts getting into games. He's like, oh, I'm looking for some recommendations. You'd be like, let me tell you about Cyber Sleuth. <laughs> oh my god! And he's like, "Hey, how do I get War Gray Man? <laughs> yeah. How do I evolve it's, Agumon?" It's not easy, man. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe that's a few years down the line. The I want to ease into maybe? it. Maybe I want to ease into it. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh man! And then he starts making the switch. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. So you know your dad's playing JRPGs. Yeah. I'm gonna have. We're gonna have a Papa Boss update. I think it's gonna be a it's gonna Pop be a new update. Okay, on this show. cool, cool. We'll need one actually, absolutely, to see how the the present goes over. Yes, yeah. I'd be curious for yeah, what 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 kind of games my dad would be into nowadays if, if he had a system. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. My dad and I, the only games that he would play were adventure games. We played Full Throttle together. Dude, nice. And um, Siberia. And what is that? So, so it's I recognize that name but yeah it's got the the lady on the cover she it's she, it's really cool she goes to this strange place and there are all these automatons there and she has to figure out the mystery of what's going on <laughs> it's cool I I can't play those games anymore though because mm-hmm. it feels wrong not playing them with my dad damn dude so mm-hmm. yeah wow uh Daniel Bloodworth talking about your dad was you you said games that he would be into now does that mean he was into video games at some point um, yeah, I mean, my, my dad passed away like 10 years ago. Over oh, the, yeah. I'm sorry. But, um, uh, but yeah, he basically, yeah, got me into RPGs and adventure games. Dude, like, sweet. When I was about seven years old, he got Commodore 64, and like, that's how I played Maniac Mansion and Legacy of the Ancients and like Dude. a lot of those kind of like foundational games. Set you on yeah. the right Before path. I had an NES. Um, so, yeah. That's really cool. That's some really cool stuff. And it was funny because like, I remember when we first got, like, I don't even remember how long it was. It was probably only, like, a month or two. But I remember when we first got the Commodore 64, we got without a monitor because you could just hook it up to a regular TV. Mm-hmm. So as, like, seeing, like, a PC game on, like, the blurry old CRT, it's, like, it's that, that memory is still in my head. Dude, good <laughs> memories. Um, and then, you know, like, a lot of uh, PC games back then came with these crazy, like, 
fold out booklets and newspapers and just like and like, yeah. like what in here is actually a clue i don't know is that what's that mean what's this for you know and and that, like so much of that maniac mansion stuff went way over my head when i was seven or eight it wasn't like like till a couple years later and like nintendo got maniac mansion like oh nintendo power i can actually like beat this game now <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, dad video game memories are the best. They are the best. Mm-hmm. They are the best. My I remember okay, one of the yeah, one of the last last times I went through a game with him, um, and I wasn't expecting it to go that far, but like I really wanted to show him Eternal Darkness. Mm. And I was just thinking I was gonna show him in the beginning, but like he, he was into it and he watched me play like half of that game. That is I don't I can't imagine a world where I could convince either of my parents to play Eternal Darkness. That's really cool. Uh, speaking of Nintendo Power, do you guys ever have that experience where you would get Nintendo Power and you would just read about games that you never played ben, and how have, fun that was? Oh, yeah. Ben, Constant. I remember reading about Zelda 64, like way back, <laughs> yeah. like before it was Ocarina of Time and everything yeah. like that. Just been like, oh! And it's like, like that mirror soldier weird thing. Yeah, yeah, he's like fighting a mirror soldier knight and like they have like the actual Triforce there and there's like... Kakariko Village looks way different. Right. They so had cool. a They had a screenshot in there of like Link going through a forest mm-hmm. that wasn't like in either of the like N64 a, there was like a games. Oh, I think in the background or something yeah. like that. Oh, and it yeah. was like that like hit my imagination so hard and I like I honestly didn't feel like anything really paid off on that image no. until The Witcher 3. And, and then like once I started going forest? back through those forests in Skellige and Witcher 3, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're huge. this is like the screenshot in Nintendo Power. <laughs> they even did that with Twilight Princess. They had like screenshots of Link like in the forest, and mm-hmm. it like wasn't in the final game back when it like first got revealed. Make it happen, Nintendo. Come on. Just give oh. me a forest. When yeah. he's like carrying a cat. Kind of, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. giant like beast. Kind of. Like, like a giant golem. Yeah, the, one, like... the one I was looking at was like just a screenshot of him on Epona, like, oh, okay. like going through the forest or something. Sure. Dan Bloodworth, outside of Skellige, outside of the Commodore 64, what has, what has been keeping you occupied these days? You've been very busy. Uh, you did a lot of work uh, kind of producing our Game of the Year stuff. So what have, what have you been filling your time in between the spaces? Um, well, just, yeah, I think most of the stuff I want to talk about today is stuff I just literally was just playing yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, um, the... Forza Horizon 3 DLC, uh, Blizzard Mountain. Uh, they brought snow to the Forza series for the first time. Ooh. Uh, and it's really fun, really crazy. That, that's the thing. Like, weather always, like, brings that sort of, like, intensity because, like, once you start, like, getting a blizzard in your face and it's dark and, like, the only thing you can see, you know, is, is the headlights lighting the way, but then the snow is getting in the way of that. And it's just, like, you just, like, just, where where is it? And then some guy gets in front of you and all the snow is blasting up in your face and you can barely see it. Like, I just, I don't know. There's, like, something about that element that I just really, really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that in this uh, this DLC. Um, they've changed up how, um, like, your goals for the races as well. Like, they have, like, challenges. Like, they're giving you stars. So to unlock more races, you have to earn a certain number of stars. Kind of like, uh, uh, I feel like Mario Kart or something. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, every one of them, like, the first one is just, like, finish the race, and then the second star is, like, win the race, but then the third star has, like, some other challenge attached to it. Hmm. So it's, like, get 20 drifts while also getting in first place. Oh, no, I would love if Mario Kart had that. 
That's really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I just mean in terms of stars. Oh, like, sure. There, there's, I, I'm, I'm thinking there's another game that has a. Did kind Diddy of a star Kong system. Racing have something like that? Maybe. Uh, the Riptide series has stars. Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah. So, but, but it can be like really hard to like get like 175,000 skill points or whatever. Yeah. And then and like also win the race at the same time. Yeah. So it's definitely you know it's like you it's one of those things where it's like oh I can get through these races but then like I'm gonna come back to this for sure. Um, and then uh, I think they give you some new cars and stuff in there. It's a whole new area. So can you just drive to it from anywhere? Or does it load? No, in? you go to the airport. Oh okay. Because oh. you know it doesn't make sense to like drive up into the snow necessarily. Yeah. So you go to the airport and then they have a whole big cutscene and then they drop you off of a helicopter. Huh. And uh, you cool. drive down the mountain to the festival site. Is there snow in Australia? I don't know the answer to that question. That's I would guess that there is somewhere because, like, down south, it gets really close to Antarctica. Okay. But I, I honestly don't know like, if they Ian have a Hink. snowy mountain like that. Tweet um, at Ian Hink. <clears throat> Say snow in Australia or no snow in Australia. <laughs> Say yeah or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah or nah. Um, no, I'm trying yet? to think if there's anything no, else right? unique other than the star system. I mean, they've got. Um, no, oh, there was a there was a challenge because it is a mountain, and you like there's some there's some higher elevations and stuff in the main game, but there's there's a, a, a an event where you basically it's it says cause an avalanche, which you don't really do, but uh, you basically barrel off of the freaking cliffs. Just oh, jump man. off of cliff after cliff after cliff to get to the, the destination that point in time. Fun. When I saw the video of you trying to get that one secret off on like a, a tiny cliff oh, island, yeah. that was pretty cool. That was cool stuff. Yeah, I haven't gotten too deep into secrets. I think I've got like five bonus boards out of like 25 or something <clears> like that on the DLC. Uh, Blood, having played more Forza Horizon 3 than I have the other Horizon games and really most of the other regular Forza Motorsports games, uh, it's going to be hard, I think, for me personally, as a very, very casual racing game player, to get into Motorsports 7 just because of how oh, yeah. fun Horizon 3 is and just how much variety there is there. And like, It's definitely it's definitely eclipsed the main series for me yeah. at this point. Like, I, I, wow. I felt that it would happen when I heard about this team and I heard they were making the first Horizon. And it's just, you know, it's just incrementally as they've, like, made each one better and better. It's like, okay, like this this is my jam. Like, I, you know, I, I like the aspects of Sims and stuff like that, but it's never really been where my heart is, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, for this to, like, have somewhat authentic handling, but then just to let you, yeah, let you explore, let you jump off of things and do all that fun craziness, um, it's definitely more in my ballpark. Um, the one thing that's always weird... Uh, about the Forza DLCs, though, is they're fairly expensive. Like this is twenty bucks. Whoa! And they've always been that way. Um, the the one kind of silver lining is if you get it, if you get the expansion pass before the end of the year, you can get this one plus the next one for twenty five. Oh, okay. So you can do that, but yeah, if you get it individually, it's twenty bucks. Please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but just based on what you said about this DLC, it, it seems really, really cool, but I was I guess I was expecting more of like the $10 price range right. for, for what it's adding. Do you agree with that? or? Uh, you know, I haven't finished it, so I don't know how many events and how long it'll really last me. I mean, it is a pretty sizable chunk of world mm -hmm. that they've added onto the game. 
But yeah, I've always felt that they're more expensive than they need to be. You know, mm. like even you know, like two had Storm Island, and then one had like a like a rally thing, and they I think they were all like at that same price point. Mm. Like they're all more expensive than I thought they should be. But still, you know, it's it is good. It's just like you know, you'd have to really be into Horizon Three and, and want more and want something different. Th- that getting the two for twenty five thing is that something you can still do, or did you have to do it before this first pack came out? Um, I think you have to buy the yeah the pass. Uh, well, you can do it now, okay. but I think you have to buy the pass before the the December thirty first. Okay. Okay. Other than racing cars in the snow. What have you been playing? Um, I uh, got really into Super Mario Run. Oh boy! Oh boy! All right, so I need to know (laughs) who here on the panel has played Super Mario Run. Not I. Kyle, you haven't? No. All right, Kyle. Also, I need to ask you a question. Is this a vote of protest? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always something with Kyle. It's gonna take a lot for me to choose to download this game. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm excited to talk about this. Okay, uh, let's do it. I'm excited to hear hear good yeah. opinions about it. Bl- Bloodworth, please yeah. please go into your experience with Super Mario Run. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I saw that it was coming out yesterday, and then uh, pretty much downloaded it as soon as I got got home. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been having a lot of fun with it. They give you the first three levels for free. Plus uh, access to like the the extra bonus content, which there's a lot more there that I wasn't expecting. So you get these like tickets to do Toad, Toad Rally, rallies, yeah. which are basically like they're like they're like Nintendo drivatars in a way. Like you're you're competing against another player's style uh, in a level. So it's not a specific ghost, right? Oh, weird. So that's the, that's a the weird thing. If you go for a rematch, like they are not going to do the exact same thing as before. Dang. So I don't know exactly how that works. Um, Can I just say really quickly, I, I don't know why, I don't know if it's just like an OCD thing, but they give you, so there's four levels in a world, mm-hmm. and they give you the first three levels, and they just don't give you that last one for free. But they give I, you 20 I, seconds of the, th- the, of the yeah, fourth Yeah, they one. give you 20 no seconds way. of it, and seconds? so it's just like, just give me, just like, let's make this a complete right. set, and then you can have the other five seconds. worlds. No, that's yeah, genius. That's hardcore know. genius. But I do I really, drives me insane. I like the fact that they they let you go back to that as much as you want, because... So, so the thing is, is like uh, they do the challenge through um, adding coins. Mm-hmm. So every level has a set of pink coins, and then when you complete that, then there's a set of harder purple coins, and then there's a set of black coins. And the thing is, is it's not just about like collecting each one individually. Like for it to count, you have to collect all five of those coins on one run. So it actually is. Uh, pretty challenging and, and addictive in that sense um and uh and i guess we should talk about the controls because that's the one thing that's really uh really curious and interesting about how nintendo has done this is because like mario moves forward automatically and then you basically just like push on the bottom of the screen to make him jump mm-hmm. but it's actually really surprising to me like how much control that they allow you to do with that because you can like wall jump to go backwards or there are like little spots on the ground that will make him stop and there's like okay then you time when to jump or there'll be little places that'll like either make you jump forward faster faster or jump backwards yeah and there's a lot of these things where there is actually quite a bit of control uh involved and like how long you hold the jump down and like uh you can like do tricks off of enemies backs and things like that 
I thought it was a really interesting and smart move that when you're running toward a Goomba, if you bump into it, you don't die. Mario just kind of uh, vaults over it. And yeah. you can either just vault over and continue running, or you can vault and then, add, like in mid vault, you can hit the jump button and bounce off of his head to get things that are higher. Wait, up. so they don't hurt? Like you can't get hurt by Goomba? You, you, you can, can, but you have to like jump into it from below or something like that. But just walking into it, he'll vault over. I don't like that. I'm not into that. It's it's a little weird for sure, but it, it, it makes weird. it makes sense in this game, I think. It does. And you do sort of have. Uh, you do sort of have lives where, like, there's these, uh, you know, the bubbles from, oh, New from like, Mario New Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So you, you have, like, a limited number of bubbles. So, like, you start off with two bubbles, and then sometimes you'll get another bubble out of a question block. Oh, can you, like, bubble anytime you want to or something like that? Yeah, so, like, if you miss something, you can bubble, and it'll start going backwards through oh, the okay. level. Hmm. Um, but, again, you only have, like, two of those, and if you use both of them, then, then you're dead. I see. So... Um, are there boss battles? Sorry, this might be. Yeah, too there far are. Cool. There's yeah. The, the the little guys from the airships from Mario Brothers. Oh 3. no, wait, the Koopa kids. And then uh, no, just the the whatever the what is that guy called? The guy that just like I don't remember his name, but the, yeah, it's the it's like the more generic guy from the Fortresses yeah. of Mario mm. Three, Koopa mm. mm. or something. I forget what his name is. And then mm. and then there's the classic Bowser fights. Yeah. Um, oh no way! Sweet. From like Super Mario Brothers. I think the boss battles are. Like, among my major disappointments with Super oh, Mario Run. No. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just, the easiest part of the game. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't really do anything inventive that takes, like, huge advantage of the, the unique control system that Super Mario has. It's just like, all right, you're in this room. Mm-hmm. Like, jump on this thing's head three times, which we have done in a zillion Mario games. I, I, or with Bowser, like, you can iframe it every time if you have a yeah, mushroom. Exactly, exactly. You just, you just get hit and run it, through it. Damn. And so, it, yeah. I think they there could have been a little bit more hmm. done there. Okay. Yeah. Blood, I want to talk to you because I feel so conflicted. Because mm-hmm. what, what I need to say about Super Mario Run is when I boot it up, I'm like, wow, this is an incredibly well-made thing. Just from a production value standpoint, like, everything just pops. It looks really good. It runs really good. The interface is spectacular. Like, the way they incorporate the Mario art, like, it just looks slick. And... Uh, kind of as we were talking about, they they made you do have a surprising amount of control over the character, and I think they made Mario work really really well. But holy cow, am I super bored already oh of Super God. Mario Run? Are you? Yeah, like it's. I think it's a good game. I really do. If if I was reviewing it, you know, I I think I think I would come out and say that. But I, it doesn't have what I care about in Mario games, and mm. it made me realize what I care about in Mario games. Like you know, in Super Mario World or Super Mario Three or or really any good Mario game, you have those moments where you find something, you weren't expecting it. Like, you're like, oh, I can go into this wall. Oh, I can go down this pipe. And you have that moment where you're like, oh my God, I wonder. And it just, it kind of lights up your brain. And you're like, I wonder where else I can go. This game doesn't have any of that. It's Uh, true. It's definitely, yeah. um, I I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Yeah. and I I wouldn't say I'm bored. I'm actually, you know, pretty obsessed with the coin thing, you know. and And I decided... Uh, basically, I decided rather than like trying to like get all the coins in one level at a time, that like I'm just gonna do multiple runs through the game. Like I'm gonna do like oh, all the sure. pink coins, and then I'll go back and I'll do all the purple coins and just do it that way. And I, I think it does a really good job of that. The level design gets progressively better as you go through the game, and there's some pretty clever levels. And they actually tweak them too. Like when you get to the black coins, like the level changes a little bit. Yeah. Ooh. And the same thing with the toad rallies when you're doing the competitive things. Like, those are 
the same levels, but they're not quite the same. There's a lot of differences in those levels right. when you're trying to run through there and, and compete with another player. Um, the, other, the other thing that's missing that I, I realized was a big deal for me was you're just kind of Mario in this, and you don't have those like brand new, crazy, unique outfits that... Mm. That's that, what I was going to ask you. There's power-ups. Yeah. Yeah, and like I remember getting the penguin suit for the first time and just kind of like figuring that out and doing it, or like the cloud suit in Super Mario Galaxy. And they do have other characters though. They do, oh, they but do? they do okay. have other characters. Yeah, yep. they're not easy to unlock. The first That's one cool. is is Toad, um, which they say something about it being faster. I don't really, I don't know if I like. It's not an easy thing to perceive. I like, think he's, I think he's faster. Yeah, but the thing that's weird about Toad is there's more risk involved, too, because if you get a mushroom, it doesn't give you an extra hit. It just gives you points or whatever. Oh, so, like, cool. one hit on Toad, and Bounce. he's down. Um, and then uh, the others you have to unlock through Toad rallies. And so, basically, uh, the way the Toad rallies work is you compete against another player, and then whoever gets more coins will win that rally. And um, so, but basically, you're not really competing competing against the live person so it's like you either win or you lose so but if you lose you actually lose your toads um yep. to that other oh uh Stakes. contestant so, yeah so like you're always like you, you can go from like having 20 purple toads to like dropping like half of that and then if you lose multiple times in a row like it can go down quite a bit but as you get more of those toads then you unlock more things so there's this little plaza that you can build to like you know, just customize, like, put little toad houses and stuff everywhere, and there's some bonus games there. Um, but then you can also, like, once you get enough, you can unlock, um, I think, Peach, Luigi, Yoshi, and I think there's one other... Dry Bones. If it's Wario or Waluigi, no, I'm in. it's not either one of those. What? You can unlock Toadette as well. Toadette. That's okay. the other one. Give me, like... <laughs> Give me a unique character. I love Toadette. No, I know that was that was perfect. Yeah. Why couldn't it be like Captain Toad you unlock or something? Oh yeah. Just normal I think they can't jump. I think there's like a. You just run. <laughs> I think they just wanted like a counterpart to Toad. What's for up? Whatever reason. Yeah. Oh Toadette. Yeah. yeah. I think she was created as a counterpart to Toad. For I'm just Double Dash? sick of normal Toad, yeah. man. Come on. Let us sure. know if Toadette first appeared in Double Dash on the GameCube. Write to at Ian Hink. Yes. <laughs> oh, you can also, on the on the Kingdom screen or whatever, you can tap on the Toads and make them make the dumb noises. Hi. I, <laughs> I, I think Toad Rally is a pretty addictive thing, and it's, it's, it is fun uh, getting more stuff for your plaza. And, man, it's, it's really smart as a mobile game as well. It's super quick to just play a level. They don't last super long, so you just play a level like while you're waiting in line or something. Except so that way it, it works. The biggest bummer is having to be connected. Yeah, you have, you to, have be to be online connected. to play the game. For whatever dumb reason, piracy or whatever it yeah. is. I know that they, you know, do the scores and cloud saves and whatever, but it's I mean, come on. It's not a huge deal for me because I'm not usually in an area where I don't have some sort of connection, but for right. a lot of people uh, especially if you're like riding the subway or something. But I'll get the yeah, error message even when I'm on Wi-Fi and everything is fine. It'll just yeah. be like, hey, you're not connected. I'm like, yes, I am. Retry and it's fine. But it's just annoying just to get that pop-up message. Mm. Also, I it takes a little bit of time to like get the thing set up. Like when you go yeah. through like the agreement and linking your Nintendo account and that kind of thing. Oh, I bet. And then, well, you, then if you want to link your friends. For some reason. What's up? It wouldn't import my friends. Yeah, like, it doesn't it, import. It, like you have to add friends to the game specifically. Maybe I misread something, but it said failed to import friends list. Oh, really? Or something along those oh. lines. I initially linked. Maybe there's like a account. bug or something that it can't do hmm. it right now. Um, and they're working on it. 
But uh, if you connect Twitter and Facebook, which I usually don't like to do, but it's like whatever. Um, yeah, it will suggest people from right from your social oh, okay. accounts. Uh, <laughs> let me know if you disagree, but while I think making Mario automatically run works well for this game, I really miss having that direct control. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It just doesn't feel right. It feels like I'm missing half of the Mario experience. You know, um, like I there there are just moments where I just. And you, there are pause blocks where it will stop for you sometimes. Right. There are moments where it's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to run here. I want to stop. I want to see if I can do this thing. And it's just, I just miss it in a way that I can't really reconcile with. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I, I think though, it's a game that I, you know, and, and this is a very Nintendo thing. It's a game that is extremely designed around those control limitations. And mm-hmm. I think, like you, you couldn't just like patch that in it would break the entire game absolutely you know it's like everything about this game is about having to deal with one button and mario moving at his own pace Um, and there are things to consider like there is acceleration to his run so that Mm -hmm. if you know like if you drop that bubble onto a platform at the end of the platform you're not going to make the jump you know like you have to actually think about some of that stuff a little bit the same thing with the, the wall jump when you wall jump back and then you go forward like there's some acceleration and deceleration involved in all of that. There are those blocks where they have the there's the yellow blocks with the red forward arrows on them, and if you jump while in those blocks, he'll launch forward. Yeah. And there are really cool moments where it's like, okay, either I can launch forward and I'll reach this section, or I don't do that and I jump ahead of time and I'll be able to reach something above. And so having to make those split second decisions is really cool. Yeah. For sure. So it's interesting. I mean, it's definitely. It's definitely nowhere near like a full-fledged Mario game. You know, like I've gotten through all the main levels, you know, pretty quickly, and I would have gotten through quick quicker if I hadn't been obsessed with some of the other stuff. Um, but I think for what they're working with and what it is, I think it's actually a really smart adaptation for an iPhone game. I agree. I, I really think that you know, it's way better than you know, say somebody porting over Mega Man and trying to make it work with these virtual <laughs> buttons. Sure. Marvel versus Capcom on the iPhone. Is that bad? I haven't played it. It's not good. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was real. I thought that was that's, a joke. No, that was a that's oh, a real okay. that's oh, a real man. thing. Jeez. Uh, and I think that's what Nintendo was always saying, like when they were resisting this, is like, no, it's like if we need to, if we're gonna make an iPhone game, we're gonna we need to make an iPhone game, not just put a bunch of stuff out there. Um, and I think, you know, and, and it's also really interesting that they've gone with this business model of. Basically, the game has to prove itself to you in those three levels. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you you get that for free. You get to start it, and then you have to decide whether it's worth ten dollars or not, rather than you know watching ads or paying you know little stupid right. prices for whatever. It is it is a well made thing that I just don't think is what I particularly want, mm-hmm. and I think I think a lot of people are going to love it, and I see why immediately. It is I don't know I think people. It's it's such an interesting thing on so many levels that like it's such an important step for Nintendo in a way that I don't think can be overemphasized that I if you if you do have an iPhone, I think you should download it and play those first three levels and just just give it a shot. Anything else besides Super Mario Run? Um and Forza. Yeah, well we'll 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 get into Last Guardian later on. Yes, I think that's the, the other thing that really want to talk about today. Kyle Bossman. 
Okay. Obviously, I'm very excited to talk about Last Guardian. Yes. Uh, did some VR stuff. Ooh. Nothing too notable. Uh, Google Maps uh, almost made me cry. That thing's really good. Dang. What? Huh. The Google Earth. Google Earth VR. It's sick. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Paint a picture. Okay, I mean, it's not a game, uh, but uh, the entirety of Google Earth is in VR. Uh, How did I not know this? It's really crazy. It's only on Vive, uh, I think. Maybe it's on Oculus as well, but I tried it on Vive. And just um, being able to... The way it was now, we couldn't figure out how to just search for an address. Basically, you have cities that are rendered in 3D, I think. Oh, okay. And so LA is rendered in 3D. I was able to find... Uh, my old apartment, basically based off of the buildings that Huber lives in now, which are very distinct. Uh, shouldn't have said that. That's almost too specific. But anyway. Um, I don't think it's that. They're coming for you, Huber. <laughs> They're coming for you, Huber. <laughs> they know your address now. Uh, but from there, I was able to find my current apartment. Just tracking, I found the target, and from the target, I was able to follow those roads to my own personal apartment. Your landmark. Yeah. Which was rendered in 3D and being able to lie on the carpet and peer down into my apartment was just unlike un, anything else. Kyle, I gotta say, out of everyone I've ever seen VR or use VR, mm-hmm. I've never seen someone like crawl down on the floor and like get on the floor it. as much as you in my take entire a knee. life. You but, have to try it. No, yeah. not even taking a knee. You're like yeah. going belly to the floor. I was belly on the floor looking at my apartment. But that is something <laughs> I genuinely respect so much about you is you know i go you go to conventions you see people try on vr and they they treat it like a video game like 95 percent of the time and then they're like oh yeah i can look around and they might look behind them that's not what you do Mm -hmm. you sink into the earth when you're playing Mm -hmm. vr yeah you you become around you become there Yeah. yeah oh god it's so good another really cool talking about that another really cool moment was uh the battlefront uh, uh, oh, VR? X-Wing? Star X-Wing Wars, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I mean, it's not like too great on itself, but it was a free thing. If you mm-hmm. own that game, you get that thing for free. Oh, cool. Uh, if you turn around in your X-Wing, you can see your R2 unit. Nice. That's just the coolest feeling in the world. That, that's like the dream, man. Yeah. I got to play that. You're never instructed to, but you just hear it going... Can you, you like, see his, like, his dialogue coming up? No. Oh, okay. Like, I thought it was going to be like Empire where you could see what he's saying. Oh, you can't. You have no idea okay. what that little R2 unit's saying. That's fine with me, though. Yeah. I got I got two things with the Google Earth. Mm-hmm. How how does it? What is the image quality there? Poor. Okay. Um, <laughs> first step. And it actually it takes a while to load in. So at first you're getting like weird angular polygons mm-hmm. of, of like the Golden Gate Bridge. You know it looks really weird for mm-hmm. a long time, but then yeah. it eventually loads in, and you know mm-hmm. it looks like um like the quality you're used to on Google Maps, mm-hmm. and so it's not oh, okay. photo real, but it's based off photographs from a satellite. So it's still like the image is there. The effect is there. Still impressive. Yeah. I feel like VR is the closest I've, I've kind of felt to like returning. When I was a kid, you know, you would go to Blockbuster and it was, when I was a kid, it was very hard for me to not fall in love with a game because I wasn't downloading games. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I might get a one game a month. And I just, you loved the game so much and you were still blown away that your little console could do this thing that it was kind of this great experience and you just, you saw the good so easily because, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, it, it wasn't an embarrassment of riches like it is now. That's how I feel VR is, mm-hmm. you know, like the, like, were we 10 years into VR? I bet you wouldn't be talking about Google Earth on this podcast. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That'll be obvious. The, yeah. yeah. There are a lot of things, like, I don't think VR games are like 
up to snuff in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but playing them is still incredibly fun, and you see the good in them just because it, the the technology is so impressive. You know. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Uh, besides those, uh, oh, the thing I wanted to talk about, what I wanted this opportunity for, is to talk about Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yes. Okay. Now, obviously, we have. Brandon's son, Kyle Moon, to talk about Pokemon for two hours. Like, we have very two extensive... Hours. Sometimes, Well, it's like an hour and a half last time. But yeah, just super long cool. Pokemon-only show. But uh, something we don't talk about too much is... Uh, well, we don't critique it too much as on a broader level of what this game is. And what I wanted to talk about is we just did... We wrapped up our, our, our Easy Allies Awards. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon Sun and Moon is a nominee for Game of the Year. And I almost backed out. I wrote the entry for that one. And after I wrote it, I was feeling second thoughts on whether or not this game deserves to be a nominee for Game of the Year. And that's what I wanted to talk about, basically. Is is that kind of game of that caliber for inherent reasons of just like, well, it's a Pokemon game. Obviously, it can't be Game of the Year. That no, I don't doesn't make any so. sense to me. Uh. Sure. No, <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I think there, there are things that like the way you described it to me, it was like there were things that you could see Pokemon Sun and Moon doing that it didn't do because it was trying to please a wide variety of people. Yeah. Mm. And, mm. and where, where are you coming from with that? I think no series has more baggage than Pokemon. There are, they have to accommodate your Pokemon from the Game Boy Advance era. Those Pokemon oh, right, can still yeah. be transferred up into this game. They still do that? Yeah. Wow. And Which so, is impressive. That's very I mean, impressive. Through a long chain. It's, it's very impressive, yeah. but it means they have to keep all of those systems in place still. Right. And so they have to still have berries. They still have to have, like, the ribbons attached to those Pokemon that they earned in beauty contests from oh, 10 years ago. So they're, yeah. like, peeling a Band-Aid off real slowly. No, they're, they're feature, keeping that Band-Aid like. on. They're just, no, I mean, like, they're going to eventually rip it off. I don't think they will, Brad. The way they talk about it, they want you to give your Charizard to your grandchildren. When you're ready to die, they want you to say, "Here's my grand, here's my Charizard." And you're like, "I don't want this." That actually, Charizard. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you're saying, but the thought of giving my grandson a Pokemon is that I had when I was a kid. Is yeah, kind of emotional. Yes, and so yeah, they're they're keeping that baggage. They're they're yeah. they're still carrying that torch of all those things. And so coming into this game, it still has to accommodate all those things. And so, yeah, it's weird. It's, it has to also, the systems of the game have to apply to the meta, has to apply to com- the competitive scene. The, wait, what's the meta? The meta is oh, what I mean God. by like... No, 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 I know what a meta is, but I want to know what the meta of Pokemon is. So there's a lot of like raising Pokemon. There's uh-huh. a lot of just the secret stats and things like that, which secret is actually... stats? It's way more open about. They've made EV training easier than ever. Okay. But, like, if I say EV training to Brad, he has no idea what I'm talking about. No. If I say EV training to a pro, they're like, oh, this is a useful feature. Really crazy stuff. That That's in, built into this main game that is it launched better than any other Pokemon in, in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever, I guess. Is they, they had one of their best launches ever, uh, which is really crazy. This well, the funny thing is, life. yeah, people people act like Pokemon is, like, a known quantity or is it, or it's just kind of, like, sliding off and people don't care anymore. But I feel like... Almost every Pokemon game actually gets that. Like, it actually does better than every other Pokemon game before it. It mm-hmm. just builds and builds on top mm-hmm. of its fan base. Well, I mean, Red and Blue was, like, still huge. You yeah. know what I mean? It's really hard to reach that height. It was uh, the first one. Uh, That's yeah. Why. You know, talking about this baggage, Kyle, yeah. I'm really glad you brought it up because it's something that I never thought of before. 
And it is, I think, one of the things that I don't like about Sun and Moon and I didn't like about X and Y and I didn't realize what it was is, you know, you start up that game and, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like you take a few steps and they're like, and here's this system. And mm-hmm. then you take a few steps and here's this thing and here's this thing. Um, and it's fine. I, I actually do enjoy a lot of those systems, but... And this, I don't think this is nostalgia. I think, I think it's speaking to what you're talking about. Like in Red and Blue, that wasn't there. It was like, all right, pick a Pokemon. Here's how you capture Pokemon. Go. Mm-hmm. And there was, there, there wasn't that baggage. Yeah, and I mean, there's still, <laughs> there's still a lot of things that Jones got caught up on. You know, in in Red and Blue, it was interesting for him to go through it the first time and he'd be like, oh, Jones, let me explain those things to you. Okay, mm-hmm. you so, know what I mean. So maybe that stuff was there so more than I remember. In that simplicity, like it still was a complicated game, but yeah, more complicated than ever now. And I, I get why they have to explain all these things because a lot of them are nonsense. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, why the heck am I feeding my Pokemon jelly beans? Exactly. I, I yeah. think actually a really good example of this is you you feed your Pokemon beans and that, that but but there's like there's like another happiness meter mm-hmm. yeah. that, that like it seems like you're making po- your Pokemon happy by feeding them beans, but that's not the happiness meter which you get by like yeah, battling. there's like a hunger yeah. meter and then there's like the the. Music note meter, and then there's the heart meter. They have like a bloodlust yeah. meter. And what's so weird is like a bloodlust. And cool. so what's weird is that that the beans were implemented to simplify a system that was added in X and Y. And this is what I mean by like there's just too much baggage. Mm-hmm. And in X and Y, basically, if your Pokemon not is happy with you but likes you more, uh, it'll start dodging more attacks. One mm. time I had it poisoned, and then because it liked me so much, it became unpoisoned to make Whoa, me happy. Cool. So it just. The beans are there to simplify that, but the beans obviously complicate it because everyone's saying, "Why do I have beans? Why? Mm. Why do you do? Why did you add beans to this game? Uh, this game that has already thirty systems on, on beneath the beans. Why add more on top of it?" And so it has that. Um, but there's some things that were chipped away that I did not expect to see chipped away that I'm very impressed by, uh, particularly HMs. So if you don't know what I mean by that, uh, HMs are called <laughs> hidden moves. Doesn't matter. Uh, in the original Pokemon game. The obstacles, the way that was metroided, basically, is you cannot progress because there's a big old tree in the way. Oh, and I you can't this. chop down that tree until you have cut a move uh, taught to your Pokemon through a machine that you've earned. You've earned the right <laughs> to cut, and then your Pokemon can use the move cut to cut down that tree, and then you can progress. Uh, it was stupid because your Pokemon have four move slots. It can never forget cut at that point, uh, and cut is a bad move. Yep. And so basically... Uh, <laughs> A, th- a quarter of the moves your Pokemon could learn was wasted on this th- one thing. That's why you got to put on a trash Pokemon. Yeah, and so you'd have this trash Pokemon, usually called an HM slave, wandering around with you. <laughs> who would do strength Get to work. And cut. Yeah, exactly. It sucked. Surf. For some reason, every game after that said, "Yeah, we should keep doing this." Every hmm. game just said, hmm. "Yeah, I mean, that's just what we've done before. Let's just keep doing it." Until Pokemon Sun and Moon, where they just said, "Oh, that sucked." It took them that long. It took them this long. <laughs> Whoa! To say, "Oh, HMs suck. Let's not do that anymore." This game has no HMs. Wow. And it's genius for that. That's great. It's replaced by the system of riding Pokemon, which I love instead. <gasps> yeah. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Yeah. Can so, I ride Snorlax? Mm, no. I mean, it's a very particular list. What? Maybe, maybe you can ride Snorlax. I haven't ridden all the Pokemon you can eventually ride, Brad. 
But it's uh, like um, this say, emotional roller coaster of Brad right now. Yeah. <laughs> let's say like you want to do Rock Smash. You know, uh-huh. like oh, your Pokemon knows the move Rock Smash, and you're permitted to use Rock Smash from the Pokemon League. It's not there anymore. Now you get on a Tauros and ram into rocks, and it breaks the rocks. That's cooler. That's really like cool. That, yeah. I love it. That's cool. I love it to death. And, and it's not a move. It's just Tauros. Yep. You're just you just got a Tauros. That's sweet. I dig it. it reminds you me can of summon uh, it anytime. Kirby's Dreamland too on Game Boy, where he can ride animals, and I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's an inspiring, uh, b- despite all the baggage, despite all the things that it has to do that it did before, that they are rethinking things, that they rethought gyms. There's no gyms. I love that decision. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Be, be, I, I love that decision because I, I feel like they actually use the no gym space in a creative way. Yeah. Like they make each of those challenges feel unique. And while I don't absolutely love all of them, I'm I'm interested because it doesn't just feel like all right. Well, I'm at like when you're at a gym, you would know exactly what to expect. Like I'm gonna go in. There's gonna be like a light puzzle, and I'll fight some guys, and then I'll fight a leader. Whereas here, going into these challenges, I don't actually know what they're gonna ask of me, and mm-hmm. that's a cool feeling. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Uh, what challenges have you gotten up to, Ben? I'm at the third challenge. Okay, I'm Which not is, very far. Is that the water one? I think. I think so. I haven't done it yet. Oh, okay. I'm just all like, right, right. I'm just like up You're there. right. Yeah, yeah. I guess all that stuff's in Brandon's son, Kyle Moon, anyway. But I, I wanted to talk really about, like, if this is a kind of game that can be a game of the year. Because to me, like, it's a little silly. It, when I was looking at the top tier of games that we were nominating, right? when I was looking at Uncharted 4 and Dark Souls 3, it's not at, like, that level, obviously, to me. I love the game with all my heart. Right. But to me, there's just a little too much... Uh, goofiness and distractions and things like that where hey it's a great product that appeases its fans but i don't know if it's a great game and i wanted to talk about that with Hmm. you all i mean to me game of the year doesn't necessarily mean the highest rated game it's like your personal game of the year Mm -hmm. that's why i thought it was up there because you guys loved it so much i was like okay I, i respect it i think you have a point though and it's it's certainly something that i'm guilty of like now, when you're battling or trying to capture, excuse me, specifically trying to capture a Pokemon, yeah. you don't have to go th- dig through a bunch of menus. It's just, you just hit a button, you throw the ball, it's much quicker. And it's like, thank you for doing this. And I, I feel like I'm so happy with Pokemon for doing this. But then, then when I take a step back, it's like, well, this should have been in there a long time ago. You know, this should have, should, like, it, it should, I, this little convenience thing should have been added a, way beforehand. And just like, now that it'll show you, like... In X and Y, you couldn't see while you were battling what exactly your moves did. Yes. Now you can. And it's like, oh my god, thank you, Sun and Moon, for delivering me from this hell. Uh, but it's... It should have... Like, why is it taking this long? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think about... I think about this episode a lot, Kyle. I think about the, the episode that you did about vibes. Mm-hmm. And this sort of intangible thing. And I do think Pokemon has a lot of intangibles. And I'm not necessarily saying it that compensates for what you're talking about, but there is a there is a feeling that you get with Pokemon. There is a, a pace that Pokemon establishes that nothing else has that I still think has a lot of value. You know I hear what that. I mean? Yeah. Like being in the Alola region feels good. Yeah. And that's important, I think. Uh it was the first twenty minutes into Pokemon where 
I had been playing Dragon Quest Seven up to that point, mm-hmm. and then like I got Pokemon. I said, "Oh, I'm never going back to Dragon Quest Seven. <laughs> and I think it's vibes. We're sure. just totally vibes. Sure. Break. Yep. And I think it's that. It's just like wrong with that. Yeah, I, I put like I think 20 hours into Dragon Quest. You gave 7. it a fair shake, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got my money's worth. Even yeah. like yeah. I played a game's worth of that game. Uh, I'm never going back. It's all Pokemon from here out, baby. Yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since I've been on Pokemon for a long time, I'm hearing about all these features you guys are like, why was this in the game? That means when I eventually play, when it makes the Switch, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna play when it's on Switch if it is. And here's the thing, Brad, you're gonna lose fights. I love it. Yes. I want to lose. I love losing fights. Yes, that's so cool. Yes, that's been a complaint that Brad and Huber have had for a long time. Too easy. I never lose fights. Yeah, you're gonna lose fights in this game. Yes, good. It's cool. Oh man. When do I start losing fights? <laughs> uh, probably around now. Probably okay. around this third right. challenge, man. I really want to lose some fights. The totem fights get hard. Okay. Uh, the Kahuna fights are kind of just Kahuna like Kahuna fights. Yeah, Kahuna fights to me are just kind of like gym battles. To me, the Kahuna fights aren't that hard, but the totems get like weird and hard. I, I feel like I'm ruining the experience for myself, Kyle. I do something that I that no one should do. Oh no. I. Before I progress to the next area, I, like, mm-hmm. I have to capture every Pokemon that I can. Okay, that's what Jones does. And, and oh, as yeah. a result, like you get super leveled, especially mm-hmm. with experience share. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I would so, definitely recommend turning experience share off. Okay, all right. Especially if you care about your Pokemon in the meta. I do. I will. Uh, I just... I. They're you, not getting those EVs when you uh, keep them getting experience all. You saying that like you're going to lose some fights in the excitement that you had, yeah. I want that. Mm-hmm. I want it so bad, and I gotta stop just being so obsessive about... Okay, alright. Though I have to warn you that commenters warned me that I need to turn it on. What? They said, Kyle, I get what you're doing. Late game, you're gonna need experience all on because it gets super hard late game. Cool. Pokemon can be kind of a crippling game. Yeah. Where... where You were talking about all of those systems. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of times that I'm playing Pokemon, and I just get so anxious and I'm like, what if I'm missing something? Yeah. Right. All the time I get that and mm-hmm. it, it really freaks me out. And that's and why I, you're catching all this Pokemon. That's why I'm catching all this Pokemon. I'm trying yeah. to cover all my bases. Well, yeah, and well that's the thing too. Like, yeah, uh, I think the most time I, I put into a Pokemon game was Silver and nice. I never beat Silver. I put like hundreds of hours into Silver but I never beat it. I was just so what? into catching Pokemon and, you know, and leveling up my Pokemon and managing my Pokemon. I didn't really care that much about progression in terms of story. Whoa. Um, Damn. So, yeah. Hardcore. Hardcore indeed. In it for catching Pokemon only, man. Yeah. I can respect it. Kyle. Yeah. Do you have any anything else? To that was it. Those were my three. Uh, Kyle, that was really good. Yeah, that was, that was really Kyle, good, That Kyle. got me actually, like, more excited for Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to play it on 3DS. But okay. on Switch, yeah, yeah. I'm more willing to. Mm-hmm. You know what I loved about that, especially, is that was coming from somebody that has played all of the Pokemon games and deeply cares about this series, taking a step back and looking at, at a whole, as a whole. And I, He's a pro. He's a pro. He's that an expert. Good. Like, if good. I need to ask any questions about Pokemon, I will ask Kyle. Yeah, but... but okay. Uh, there is one other thing I gotta say. Yeah. I don't connect with people that reduce pokemon to numbers mm. i just don't right. like yeah like I, I i think it's cool being competitive i mm-hmm. think it's cool competing i i want to get into it but 
Anytime, like, I love a Pokemon, and I'm like, I love it just because of the way it looks or mm-hmm. the stupid little sound that it makes. Yeah. And then somebody says, yeah, but it's it's trash and competitive. It's like, but no, but you don't you don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. I right. love this thing, and it's totally okay for me to love this thing. I think the game... And you don't do that. The game accommodates that. Yeah, it the, does. Like, the meta doesn't. Like, you probably would... If you took it online, you're going to get owned. But, right. like, the game itself, you can compete with that weirdo Pokemon with yes. weird moves. That's cool. Yeah. I yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't care how good Pick a Peck is. Right. I'm going to keep that thing in my party for Absolutely. most of that game, at least. Absolutely. <laughs> is Psyduck just wanted to say that. You're disappointed, blood. Is Psyduck in the game? <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, there are old Pokemon who have, like, weird new twists on them because of, there's a regional really? difference. Wait till you see Muck. Oh. I don't remember. Is that the slime dude? I don't mm-hmm. remember. Okay. Yeah, they take garbage old Pokemon and make them interesting. Cool. It's That's really like a cool, Mike Huber Pokemon. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't think he would like Muck. Like, he, likes, he likes any like weird creep, like slime. Yeah. Like he likes Garboder a lot. Just like a weird like trash monster he really I likes. I love Gobar- Garboder. The crab, the purple crab, the boxes. Oh, the berry protector. I think that guy sucks. I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't like that Pokemon. <laughs> I don't like that Pokemon. I'm Damn. sorry. Oh my god. Sorry to any fans. <laughs> that is not po- what I expected to hear. Yeah, I don't. Kyle's world destroyed. So Ben, I'll tell you something really exciting to me personally at this moment is I don't know what he evolves into. Oh nice. That is. I don't, I don't know cool, what he evolves dude. into either. Yeah, it's so exciting to not know what things evolve into. Sometimes I hit the jackpot. Sometimes I say, oh, you're out of the party because you evolved into something I don't like. That's you, amazing. Yeah. That's the best way to play. So you you get really attached to Pokemon, mm-hmm. but you also there there have been times where I've just overheard it, yeah, and I haven't really like sat and watched you play Pokemon, but I'll yeah. just you'll just bring it up and you'll be like, yeah, I kicked that guy to the curb. And yeah. it's just, <laughs> it fills you with such joy, and even the even the Pokemon that I hate, yeah. I have a hard time, yeah. like just being mean to. But it's yeah. it, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Pokemon. Allows you to just be yourself. You gotta be ice cold, man. You gotta be. You, gotta you only be got six cold. slots. No, I. <laughs> I love them all, man. Even even the little boxing crab dude that sucks. Like I'm not gonna kick him <laughs> in the curb. Uh, well, him. one thing, yeah, I've already decided. Like I don't know how long I'll I'll, I'll keep it going, but it, like once I get enough of them, I'm I'm totally gonna rock like an all birds party. All dudes. Gym leader Bloodworth. (laughs) Dude, Bloodworth. I need you to be a gym leader with an all bird team. That's cool. I can see the character. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. And what's weird is like with the dual typing, with the amount of variety in this game, I think you could have a viable all bird team. It's cool. Play I'm, how you want to play. I'm yeah. really bummed. So you have, it, you know, like every Pokemon game, you have to pick a starter. Yeah. I picked Rowlet. I'm proud of my decision, but I also really like the other two, mm-hmm. and I just, I just want them. Like I just want a way to get. Them How's the water dog so guy? Poplio? Yeah. We use this term a lot. We do. Totally justified here. Jolly as hell. Just Excellent. Jolly. I, the starters, and I, I haven't felt this way about all of the starters and all of the generations, but I look at them, especially Poplio and Rowlet, and I would say, like, they just... Yeah, what's it look like a cat? Yes. Litten. That's yeah. the most yeah. boring one to me. I think it's, sure. it's evolution, though. I'm so proud to have it on the team. No, I bet it's cool, but, like, yeah. as a starter, it's like, I could have a, a sweet owl, mm-hmm. this, like, bizarre water dog thing, or just, like, a house cat. The house cat I was into. It's more like a wild cat. It is. A little feral? It is. Okay. Yeah. It's a little feral, maybe. Yeah. But I ain't picking it. Meowth is a house cat. The is Persian, it? sorry, don't, I don't mean to keep up, there are a lot of Pokemon I love, I don't know why yeah. I'm focusing on the ones that I don't, but the Alola Persian, 
It was the it was the first I didn't know I didn't know about it before I was playing the game mm -hmm. and my Lola and Meowth I loved I'm like yeah. oh you look so cool yeah. I can't wait to evolve you and I put the happiness bell on it and I was yeah. like making sure that I could get it to evolve and I was so excited I just went oh it's the team oh my why why are you like that so Brad old Persian has like a really cool cat face like a big cat oh that was Meowth's evolution or he was yep. like he looks like evolution. a mountain lion yeah, guy. Brad, yeah. Can I show you the Alola Persian? Can I get your reaction? Yes. Okay, this will be good. I'm this sorry if you, ben, you were she only saw listening my face to this. when you said Aloha Persian. I was like, Alola, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Alola Persian. It's yeah. I think it's awful. <laughs> uh, I think it's different at least. It's not at all what I expected to see that thing turn into. Has wait. Huh. Has Snorlax ever evolved? Or is he still just Snorlax is maxed out, man. Excellent. What the hell is that? It's just got a big old round Look at goofy his face. face. Yeah. He's like, I'm meow. <laughs> they made him more cartoony. Yeah, they did. But, but he, at, he looks so different. That's the same, same Pokemon? Same Pokemon. What Look happened? At, Look at Except he's got dark, he's dark type now. Well, what happened? Do they explain it like evolution or something? No, it's just, you know, if an animal... I mean, come on. Yeah. You ruined everything oh, wow. good about Persian. This freaks me Look out. Look at those cheekbones. Yeah, we're, 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 we're unintentionally territory. getting just like deep in our territory right now. And because of that, I, I do think we have to move on. Okay. Oh my we God. have to move on to to Bradley Ellis. Oh, okay. What have uh, you been playing? So, it hasn't been that long since I've been here. No. So I, I like played through Last Guardian through yep. all that time. Uh, played a little more Overwatch that Christmas Christmas event going on. Yeah. The skins, Brad. The skins, man. Oh, I cracked so many packs. Christmas skins? Oh, yeah. I like those. Oh, Kyle. Oh, yes, Kyle. And, like, mm -hmm. they redo some of the maps. Like, um, this mm. map called King's Row. It's, like, pretty much London. They put, like, snow everywhere. And it made I it, like, Christmassy and everything. Like, instead of pushing, like a, like, a normal, like, payload cart, you're pushing a sleigh. Oh, it has, like, nice. presents in it and everything like that. Oh, man. It's max jolly. <laughs> And there's jolly Christmas music going. Oh my god, it's so jolly right now. There's music, like even the music changed. Uh, yeah, like at least in the loading menu. I, I can't remember like when you're actually playing in the match, though. So can't mm -hmm. remember that. This is really good to hear uh, because I've been very painstakingly slowly getting back into Overwatch, and I'm just I'm just doing quick play, and I'm like, what? Why are y'all taking this so seriously? Like quick, quick play? play? Yeah, like there yeah. there are just people that like. Second one of the match are barking orders and being like, "All oh, right, man. you do this," and just like dogging on people immediately. I'm like, th "There's a ranked mode, you guys." Yeah, like, <laughs> I know, I know that. <laughs> hey Ben, man, just mute him, man. No, I know, just I know. Give him the mute. I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm not angry about it. It's just, why? I don't know. You know, and I'm glad that I get to experience this Christmas stuff now. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could understand someone getting like upset, but it's like. Get on the mic and talk to people about it. Right. Calm down. Right. right? It's quick play. Yeah. Just say, yeah. Quick it's play. Quick play. It's quick, quick play. play dude. Come on. Quick play right here, man. This is fun. But, dude, man, the Yeti skin that I, I showed know, you. I know. The Winston Yeti skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like, Winston, the gorilla character, who's already a 10 because he's a gorilla with, like, a lightning gun. Yeah. He has, like, a Yeti skin, man. He has, like, some cool, like, like bones on his back and everything, dude. Oh, my God. It's 10. Jolly Yeti or it's Scary Yeti? You want to see? Yeah, yeah. Dude, live reaction. Live reaction. You sleuth it up. Hold on. I think okay. I have a bunch of them. Saved. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Bossman, if, yeah. if Overwatch had a single player component, would you play it? Yes. Okay. That's why I played Titanfall 2 this year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I w absolutely would. Can I? Okay. Scrooge McCree. Scrooge McCree's great. Some like Frost Farah. Frost Farah's great. Santa Mae. Great. 
Uh, Elf Tracer. Mm-hmm. Looks like Tinkerbell. Uh, Santa Torbjorn. Very appropriate. Uh, I don't even know. It's like Candy Sombra. I don't pass. Know. Yeah, pass. Reindeer Roadhog. Uh, Dude, look at the red light on his, his gut like button. Rudolph. Okay. <laughs> That's a 10. Okay. This is like whatever, like Icy Reaper. Pass. 10 oh, out of 10. that's a jolly yeti. 10 out of 10. He is angry, but there's a jolliness to it. Yeah, and you hear him talking, he's like, hi there. And it's like, it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's a really good skin. And the Nutcracker Zenyatta. That is probably the best. Yeah, how great is that? That's really good. Have you seen the uh, the Claymation Rudolph story? Of course I mean, I of course you have. Yeah. Seen them all. That, that movie is perfection, but that the... the a little snowman that comes with mm-hmm. him. Yeah, it, it looks reminds, like him. Yeah. It reminds me of him. Yeah. Uh, fun story. My brothers have wanted to be a dentist his whole life. Yeah. Last year dental school. Yeah. And I would always call him like the character from the Rudolph cartoon because it's an elephant that wants to be a dentist. Yeah. And he like does a song about being a dentist and I would always just go to my brother and do the dentist song at him. A dentist, a dentist. He loves it though for Brad, some reason. I am, <laughs> I am so... Jealous of you. I'm just gonna go back to my family, and they're just gonna bicker about politics. And you're gonna go and sing the dentist song at your brother, and play NES game. Like, oh I'm my god! About Star Wars, dude. It's gonna be, whoo! It's gonna be awesome. <sighs> Feels good, man. Feels good. Uh, but I've been every now and then I get cravings. Uh oh. I'm playing Bloodborne again. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I streamed it though. Bloodlust. Nice. Yeah, I had the bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Did you use the Kirk hammer? I did at the beginning, yes. I started the Kirk Hammer as a Mike Huber tribute. Harder weapon to use for sure early game. That's a late game weapon. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of struggling a bit. Mm-hmm. Then I got the Beast Cutter, which I never used before. It's from the DLC. It's like what a, is it? It's like a, like a, it looks like a, kind of like a club. Like, you know the threaded cane? Mm-hmm. It's like the threaded cane, but it's like a big club. And it's a strength weapon. So it's like really slow and powerful. So you go... Boom and like knock guys really far away. Anyway, but then it's alt mode is yeah, it's like a like a club you like whack dudes with and stuff. Oh, it's super good, man. And just like playing that game, I'm just like, oh, it's so good, dude. It's so good, Brad. Uh, I need to make a confession about Bloodborne. Let me hear it. Um, and sometimes this happens, and it's it's the weird thing about covering games, um, where I think sometimes you're reviewing a game and you're kind of in the moment and you. You are obviously looking for the flaws, and you're like, oh, this could be better. There's some frame rate stuff here, and I don't like this particular area. And, you know, I think that comes across when you're reviewing it. Mm -hmm. But then when you've had some time away, you get to see the broader picture. And I'm reaching a point where, like, Bloodborne has sort of transcended all of those little issues that I once had with it. Yeah. And it's, I, I hold it in such high regard now. Like it's it it's becoming maybe my favorite of that you know from software. Oh, it's mine lineup. for sure. Like the environments, the design of those characters, like there are just images that stick with we don't, you. We don't we don't deserve it, man. <laughs> it's too good. Well, we I think I think one of the things about it too is that you know, um, even though like the character design and everything in Dark Souls is really different, it's still in a lot of ways it's it. it to to an outside observer, it looks it looks kind of generic, you know, like it just looks like some oh, some okay. knights and some zombies or whatever, sure. you know. Whereas uh, like Bloodborne, it like immediately has like this character and this style to it, you know. Like every guy walking down the street doesn't look like just a dude. Like he's you know got this exaggerated frame, mm. you know. Like every mm-hmm. everything about it like has a feel that you can connect to, and it's like yeah, that's Bloodborne. Nothing else looks like Bloodborne. That's right. That's right. 
Some of the stuff that sticks to me is the interiors, uh, the school, the lecture halls. Mensis. Mm-hmm. God, that's creepy. Oh, yeah. Man, there's some. There's just some environments that stick to you. It's much more horror-focused than I would say Dark Souls is, which I appreciate a lot. And the way people talk to you is really important, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Where just when, when somebody laughs at you in Bloodborne... Like I, I remember having conversations when I was first playing through it. It was with Huber, I think, specifically. And there was there was a person that never betrays you or does anything bad to you through the entire that game. And he was like, I gotta kill him because I know he's going to He's like the creepiest looking dude. Right. Yeah. And and just the the fact that the game can do that, that it doesn't have this elaborate storyline where it goes and he kills everybody, but but that expectation is in place because of how he speaks and you kind of come to your own conclusions. Yeah, you, mis- really... you misjudge him. You misjudge as a him. Character. Yeah. It makes you feel bad. But yeah. I didn't kill him because I knew better. I get so mad. I get so <laughs> mad when I when I see things from people on the internet and they're like, oh, this generation of games sucks. Let's go back to the PS2 and oh, this, right. this okay. Nintendo. It's okay, like, guys. Man, have you played Bloodborne? Have you played Bloodborne? Have you played Change your life. Even like, Kyle played it, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's using the tenitrous. Tenitrous. Now there's a weapon. I just, think it's a really boring weapon. Just a big electric, <laughs> just an electric ball. It's good. It's good. I just like. But hitting, I think it's really boring. Bonking people with an electric ball. It's, it's a very so cool. Kyle appropriate weapon. Like yeah. <laughs> when you said bonking, I was like, yes, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> That's a total Kyle weapon. When it, uh, I'm reaching here a little bit, but whenever you attacked, did you you were say like bonked or? Get I was bonked? listening to podcasts. Okay. Oh my. All right. I don't want to get into. I don't want to get into that thing. Was, not even that. When I'm when I was playing Bloodborne, I was actually watching TV on Hulu oh, on the yeah. Wii U. Oh, I didn't know this. And so a lot of my, a lot of my Bloodborne <laughs> memories are tied in with that weird Robin Williams TV show about how he was an an ad executive. I forget the name of it. Um, but like, so I would watch like cheesy TV, just to like cool me down while I'm playing Bloodborne. Brad's head is Did against the door right now. The Wild Ones. The name of the show is The Wild Ones, I think. The Weird Ones? Is it Brad, the I, ones? I respect you getting up, but you, you, if you're going to talk, you have to talk. I never Mike. watched Big Bang Theory while watching Thank Bloodborne. God. I can't confirm that. So, But it is weird that like I have this associative, like when I'm thinking of the great moments of Bloodborne, I'm also thinking of like really bad TV show. Here, here's the thing, though. We give... We give Kyle a lot of shit for listening to podcasts while he plays games. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, personally, it is offensive that you would play something as great as Bloodborne while watching cheesy TV. Like, that just... You think about it and your brain hurts. But what I respect is you don't let people tell you how to play games. You find a way that works for you. Yeah, I found a way. Let me say... get through it. Okay, the reason this makes me so mad with Kyle is, only with Kyle, is because Kyle looks at games, I feel like, different than pretty much anyone I've ever met in my life. Absolutely. Who looks at a video game. And I just want Kyle's honest opinion of the game, but he just wastes it. I don't think so. You're like, like, I, like, you're like a professional artist looking at like a, like the most intense painting ever, and I want to know your opinion on it so bad. I want you to analyze and everything. Mm-hmm. And you're just like eating popcorn like a slob, yeah, and just looking around and not really it's observing like, oh, it. Brad Garrett's in this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like, dude. But I think that on. plays. I think that I, I think that plays into it. No mm-hmm. one else would watch Hulu and play Bloodborne at the same time. I bet there's a lot of people out there that would do that. I, just, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. For somebody that like cares so much about context, who gets on the floor playing VR, mm-hmm. 
And then to not just Bloodborne is have the lights off and be immersed in that too audio. If I got oh to it, it's just too intense. But but we have yeah. a philosophy here yeah. that we've adhered to that we that we say pretty casually, but I think has a lot of meaning behind it. Is play how you want to play. Play or play, 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 but I'll still get mad at you. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I I, yes, yes. Just, yeah. And then there's old hunters, the DLC. That's incredible. You gotta Did you play, play that. You gotta play old hunters. No, I watched you play a bunch, but I've never uh, played it. Man, I just can't. I can't win, man. Come on. Even like, even with Mass Effect Three, where it's like this DLC is the best part of the game. Like when I've finished it, when my character has been through it, it's so weird for me to go back and do more. Oh yeah, I mean that's a weird thing for that game in particular. Um, But yeah, that was Citadel is a is definitely a good wrap up, a good farewell that should have probably been there in some form. Yeah, I'm just just disappointing, man. I feel like I'm di- I'm disappointed in Kyle a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I could reach these. It's grades. really selfish yeah. reasons for me to be disappointed, but I just yeah. can't help it, man. Because I see the potential, and you just waste it. Brad, outside oh, of Brad Garrett, yeah, outside of being disappointed in Kyle, have you been playing anything else? Uh, no, I was just trying to get the Ross Guardian mostly okay. on that time off. I, I can tell you're shaking. You're just because, <laughs> like, like, I know Kyle pretty well, and he's a great dude. And it just, I see greatness sometimes, and he just Blood messes Warner, it all it's up. It's too scary, dude. It's too, it's too intense. Too scary, dude. <laughs> it's too scary. I feel like you played like Outlast for two hours. You could do this. I was panicking through but all of Outlast. Did it? Yeah. And you have the tools True. to fight back. Yeah. Like really well, and Outlast, you're just like running most oh, of the sucks. time. Yeah, it all sucks. It all sucks. Oh man, like I get it. It's sad. <laughs> can I can I share a slight confession plus quandary I have? Oh my Ooh, god! Here we go. Confession drop time. Drop it. I I never actually got to finish Bloodborne, and I've been like, it's still like the box Ooh. is still out on my desk because like I want to finish Bloodborne and I haven't. Where but now you? at this point, like I don't know whether I should go back to my save because it's been so long or just start, start fresh. Over. Where are you? Start over. Um, I was just like getting into the beginning of Kanehurst Castle. Blood That's pretty deep. That's pretty deep. No, Bloodworth. Oh. We were doing so well. Now Ben, yeah, Ben feels it too now. <laughs> we were doing so well. <laughs> the confession did not go over well. And then you said Kanehurst. Yeah. <laughs> the closest we'll get to Castlevania. And you got us caught in a frame trap. <laughs> the forbidden word was today was Kanehurst. Wow. How did you know? I know. I I was I was writing up this this podcast, and then the demons from the frame trap realm whispered Kanehurst in my ears. The forbidden word. I'm like, oh, okay, we're man. fine. We're not gonna talk about blood war. And that came out last year. Uh-huh. And now and now we're caught in a frame trap. Uh, Kyle, you have not experienced this segment before. This is horrible. Yeah, it it is horrible. <laughs> Um, what it is, is, is as we go through the podcast, if somebody, mm-hmm. some idiot, not, you're not an idiot, but, <laughs> but if somebody says the forbidden word, we get caught in a frame trap mm-hmm. and we have to, we have to do, perform some deed in order for the demons of the frame trap to let us out. Okay. Usually it's a game. Usually it's sure. a multiple choice mm-hmm. game. Uh, today the demons have let me off easily. Oh, they just, they gave me a little slip of paper mm-hmm. and it just had a factoid on it. I just have to. I just have to read it. I have to read it. Okay. Otherwise, we'll never get out of Please this. Please be a Miyazaki trap. quote. Thank you, demons. Please be a Miyazaki yeah. quote. Here's a little factoid about Fumito Ueda. Oh, just as good. Fumito Ueda described himself as a very 
inquisitive child, saying, I enjoyed catching and keeping living things, such as fish or birds. Other than that, I liked both watching and making animation. Basically, I seemed to be interested in things that moved. Among his favorite subjects in school was, were, was art, a discipline which still plays an active role in a way does life, and which under different circumstances could have led to an alternate choice of occupation. If I was not in the games industry, I would want to become a classical artist. Though I regard not only games, but also anything that expresses something, be it films, novels, or manga, as forms of art. Based you wait up. That's it. It's just a little, Can a I just say how much of a blessing it is for me to have a Miyazaki game and Ueda game in the same year? Never happened. This is like, like 10 years of my life just culminating in like one year. Mm-hmm. It's been a hell of a year, man. I feel so happy. You can't complain. I can't complain, dude. So are we out of the frame trap? We made it? We're not out of the frame trap. There's oh, one other step oh, okay. that we have to do. And Bloodworth, once again, I'm going to put this on you. You have to come up with a fighting move that you think will be powerful enough to get us out of the frame <laughs> trap. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, the like the jumping knee into the chest. Okay. Is is this a tiger knee? Yeah. Okay. So a tiger knee. Okay. Cigar. I need you to do it. I need you. I need you to give it some. RP it. Tiger knee me. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, don't. No, man. Not me, actually. You gotta RP it. You gotta RP it. You gotta RP Otherwise, it. I can't get... Whatever happens, happens, blood. Uh, I, I, I th- Maybe I'll, uh, I'll express it vocally. Nope. Stand up. I need to see that knee out. Blood, we're gonna be caught in this frame do... trap. <laughs> we need to get out, blood. What? This we gotta get out, man. needs to be good enough to give it... Like, it, it could potentially not be good I mean, enough. Is this even gonna show up on camera? I don't know. It's not about the camera. Yeah! Thank you. There we go. The demons were closing in on our souls, and now we are free. <gasps> Feels good. On. Good work, blood. Sacrifice mark, dude. Whew. I can talk about, now that we're saved, what I've been playing. Uh, Kyle, you were talking about Dragon Quest Eleven Or not Eleven. Whoa, um, I just yeah. want Dragon Quest Eleven. Ben's been playing Eleven. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to talk about Dragon Quest Seven. Okay. And there are a lot of good things in Dragon Quest Seven. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things I really like. I like the way it looks. I think they do. We kind of talked about this in the Game of the Year stream, but I think they captured uh, Toriyama's art style in a really cool way. I think it looks much better than the horrible-looking, not horrible-looking, but disappointing PS1, PS1 mm. version. Um, th- there's also an interesting thing that, I, that it does that I really like in RPGs, uh, where it's... It's really more about these little individual stories that don't last very long at all. They go very quick. And so what it is, is you are, it's called Fragments of the Forgotten Past. And you're going Mm -hmm. along, you're collecting these pieces of these colored tablets. And you go into this shrine, you put these colored uh, tablet pieces onto a pedestal. When you complete the tablet, you are transported to an island in the past. And there's something going on with this island. They're, They're under some problem. So you go to one island and... Everybody's been turned to stone, and you have to figure out what happened and why, and you need to see if you can make it better. In another island, everybody's been turned into an animal, and you have to uh, figure out what's going on with them, and there's usually some 
monster that's causing it or some sort of natural disaster, something like that. And uh, Just remember the animal one. The animal one is so good. I, I think it was good. What, what, what did you take away from it? Isn't... I don't... Can we ruin it? Don't ruin it. Is, okay. is there a, a surprise that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah exactly, right. yeah. I don't want to ruin it, but um, it's neat because they, then they go another extra step where it's like, okay, you solve the problem. You go back to the present, and when you go back to the present, that island has appeared in present time as well, mm-hmm. and you can go and see how things have changed, like how your resolution either fixed or at least changed the situation that was going on with that island. Um, and it's really cool. Um, and... Just, it's such a simple thing, but having the enemies appear on the screen and being able to avoid most oh, fights yeah, yeah, is yeah. just—it's just so nice. But I have some problems with Dragon Quest Seven that I have not been able to get over. Later on, and it's—it's it's making my playthrough kind of oh, drag. No. Oh no! Game is slow, just oh, just yeah. like agonizingly slow mm. and it's slow in a lot of different ways. I think you ways. like the first hour and a half to two hours without even getting a battle. Yeah, there's there's that, and, and like I'm I still don't have the vocation system yet, mm. um, which I I Is think that the job system. Yeah, it's basically the job system, and uh, it's it's tough because combat I think right now is just too simplistic. Uh, you know, I have a few spells that I can cast, um, and other than that, I'm just attacking my way through every single fight. There's, there's, there's not a lot that I have to think about, and I'm like, oh, man, if I had that vocation system, I've had that another layer, maybe it would make this a little more interesting. Um, but it's the way that the game is structured. I love going to these islands and figuring out these little stories, but it feels like they put a couple of unnecessary steps. Like, rather than just getting you to the meat of the problem, it's like, okay, you came all the way here, now go back to the present, go talk to this person, and then go all the way back, like... Uh, they're just, they're just, it, it feels like they're stretching these things out way longer than they need to. Um, and as a result, I have been putting on television shows ugh. and streams as I've been doing For it. For Dragon Quest, you gotta. Yeah, but th- I don't necessarily know when I'm getting into dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then when I get into dialogue, I feel like I need to pause whatever's on the screen and pay attention. Yeah. So that's been frustrating me. I think the other thing that's, that's bumming me out about Dragon Quest Seven is, at least so far, and I'm, I'm like... 13 hours in is there's just not much to those characters. Mm. I think they're they're fine and and perfectly likable, but yeah, you're going along with Kiefer, he's a prince, you're going yeah. along with Maribel who's kind of a uh kind of childhood ch- friend. Ch- a childhood friend but is quick to temper, you know, kind yeah. of that that S- sort of thing. Sassy rich girl. Sassy rich girl. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's a good way to describe her. Um and there's another character that I don't don't want to spoil, but you know, they just kind of very quickly say, this is who I am, and that nothing has really happened. When you're going through these stories, they don't really have a lot to contribute yeah, really. to, to what's going on. And so they sort of just feel there, and maybe that'll change as I keep playing. <laughs> I hope it changes. But, it's a very long game. Yeah, it is, it is a very long game, but it's just not like this. There's no Dragon Quest VIII. Right, and I think that's kind of the ultimate point that I want to get to here is is I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I'm enjoying it because I'm, I'm, I've already played a bunch of the other Dragon Quest games and there's there's enough Dragon Quest in it for me to kind of go through it. Mm-hmm. But this is the game that just came out on 3DS mm-hmm. and it's like, man, I would not recommend this to first-timers. Like, I don't think right. this paints an accurate representation oh, of the highest highs of Dragon Quest. It's like, oh, yeah, go yeah, play yeah. 5, go play 8, which is coming out in January, by the way, oh, yeah. on 3DS. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Not my favorite Dragon Quest I've game. I've been playing it too. I kind of feel like 
same opinion with yeah. you on it. I want to like yeah. it more. Like, I want to like it more. Right. You know? I'm ready. And I, it's one of those things where, because it's such a long game, I could see myself maybe a couple more dozen hours in being like, oh, okay, this is really clicking yeah, now. Sure. But just getting to that it, point yeah, has been a little like, tough. Is it worth it There is that much? There is one thing that I do really love uh, that I have no reservations about that I think is awesome is uh, at a certain point you meet this girl and she's like, hey, I'm sympathetic towards monsters. Bring some monsters back. And you can go and you can collect monsters for her and eventually, very slowly, you build this entire town of uh monsters and they have like there you can like there are all these different shops and things mm. that you can put and just piecing together this town of monsters that that this girl is sympathetic towards is, is is a really fun thing because you have to go out of your way to do it um it doesn't just happen as you're progressing through the story you have to find yeah. these creatures and bring them back does huber know about this i don't think huber knows huber's not it. into it huber has said this game looks disgusting yeah i don't know why he thinks it looks disgusting i don't get it either i don't get it i don't either. get it he loves eight he hits up. I mean, eight looks better, of course, but it's like, it's like based off it. Like, I old seven looks really weird. You know, he has his preferences, and I, I think it just pains him to play JRPGs on a handheld. He wants it on the big. I screen. mean, it pains it pains me to play it on a sure. handheld too. And yeah, that's just his preference. And I really dig the environments of it. I like hitting L and R and like rotating the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. I really yeah, love yeah, of it. Of course, uh, boss fights really good. I think when you actually oh, have to yeah. use your buffs and debuffs. Yeah, those are really really fun. And just just the 3D monsters, I think, look fantastic. And mm-hmm. when, like, if you have a whole line of monsters and you kill uh, several of them, it like zooms in on that one monster that's left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they have great death animations too. They have great I'm really death impressed animations. By those always. Yep. There's this like little gremlin archer guy that's being like uh, <laughs> suspended in the air by owls, yeah. and when he doesn't do any damage to you, he like falls down on the ground. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of charm there. Are you gonna play eight? Uh, on 3DS, probably not. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna play it on 3DS. Man, is it because the PS2 version exists? No, I mean it's because I mean January is gonna be Final Fantasy 15 month. Oh, Kyle, I think you would love eight. I think I would too. I mean, eight's have you dream, not played man. eight? I've not played eight. Eight's the dream, dude. Yeah, just get eight on PS2 and play it. It's the dream. Hey, he's really good. Yeah, but that's the thing for me. It's like I've 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 been through that game. I love that game. Uh, seeing it like de-res down to the 3DS, just like no. Just, yeah, that's okay. I, I I would play it on PS2 again before I touch it on 3DS. It's just the new stuff yeah, that new, I'm interested new in. New content. playable characters, uh, fleshing out the main story, the main character's background a little bit. That's great. Yeah, I want to want to see that stuff. I want to see it. Uh, I want to talk about Let It Die, but Huber and Ian have also been playing Let It Die, and so rather than just me haven't played it, and they love it, shoot out my opinions. Yeah, yeah, and they love it, which is great because I also love it. I'm gonna wait for them to get back before I say anything about Let It Die. It's great. You should play it. Um, another game I want to talk about. I streamed it on Wednesday. Is uh, Trails of Cold Steel? I watched you play a lot of this. Trails of Cold Steel looks good. Is G R E A T great? One of the Man, I I feel so passionately about this game, and I feel like an idiot that I haven't played through the Trails in the Sky uh, games because. Like, you look at this game... Legend it, of Heroes is the actual series, right? Legend of Heroes, yeah. So there's Legend of Heroes, um, and then there's Trails in the Sky, and then this is Trails of Cold Steel. Um, are they related? Trails of Cold Steel, Yes, too. they are related. They're yeah. they're connected. But oh, okay. you can just jump into Trails of Cold Steel oh, okay. and be totally fine. I see. Like, yeah. Let's, let's not get into that right now. But <laughs> uh, this is a game, when you look at it, you can see the budget. 
Sure. And that budget is low. Ben, I was about to say it reminds me of a PS2 RPG, but Absolutely. not in a bad way. No. But I get a total PS2 vibe from it. I am not saying this in a negative way. Like this this game does not have a huge budget. Right. It looks very much like a PS, like an up-res PS2 mm-hmm. RPG. Uh, you know. But in spite of that, I think it transcends its budget in an amazing way that I yeah. that I love. And I, I think as soon as you get over that initial hurdle, you see it. Um and I think the reason it's surprising me so much is because of the characters. And I think at first, these characters feel so archetypal, like you've seen them a hundred times before. You've got, you know, kind of the plucky protagonist that's very optimistic. You've got sort of the love interest that there's an awkward situation at first and there's some tension, but eventually it resolves itself kind of a thing. And then you've got like Fee who never cares about what her classmates are doing and always sighs before, you know, going along with what's happening. The Shikamaru of the group. Yeah. I mean, it looks like there's a lot of characters. There are a lot of characters. Because when I was doing the thumbnail for your stream, I'm like, uh, can I cut any of these people out? I I, I guess I won't risk it. (laughs) So it's this big lineup of people in the shot. Right. But but I think what makes Trails of Cold Steel work, and we were talking about Dragon Quest Seven, where it's like you have these characters kind of going along for the ride, but they're not necessarily really adding anything. Mm-hmm. Joseph Cold Steel says, no, 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 no. Don't make up your mind just yet. We're going to give you so much space uh, where you'll just, you'll just have moments in the game where you're not rushing off to an objective or getting something where it's just like, you can do what you want here. You can go hang out with this person. Do you like this person? You like the way they look, like the way they sound. You like something they said. Go hang out with them. Figure out their story. And the way that those stories develop and uh, what you learn about them, they transcend their archetypes. And because the game gives you enough space to bond with them, you get attached in a really, really, really cool way. Um, much like Persona and Social Links. Um, but even beyond that, a lot of the shopkeepers that you're talking to have stories. And as you do things with them, and as you go to their shop and you, you figure things out... They're developed. They, they matter in this world. They're not just a character that is there to sell you things and serve a function. They have a story and a history as well. And so, like, Trails of Cold Steel has tremendous world building. Mm. Um, and this is my own bias, but if there's one thing I want an RPG to nail, it's that. And once it sinks its teeth into you, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and it's the little things as well. The soundtrack... The soundtrack is fantastic. Like I can just listen to that soundtrack um, on its own. And the localization, I want to give a special nod to. And I think this is something that, that perhaps a lot of people miss, but localization can make or break a JRPG. Yeah. When you have a game, oh, yeah. when you, when you like, it's so reliant on text, so reliant on text, there's, there's many different ways you can go. You can just be like, okay, this thing is that. Uh, and Nintendo also often does a great job of this. In Trails of Cold Steel, you can see the localization being applied to... Like, these characters will say phrases that you probably wouldn't hear in Japan but make sense in America, but it doesn't feel forced. It's like, all right, we're going to mix this around and and have this character sound like a human being. You know, we're not going to make them sound like they're, they're coming out of Google Translate. And I, I just... I appreciate that mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. It adds just a little extra layer of warmth to everything that's going on. So who, props. Who makes this game? Uh, Falcom. Okay. Also famous for the E-series, mm-hmm. which I have woefully neglected. Um, yeah. Actually, it's, it's, a, it's a good point because um, when uh, I was starting up Final Fantasy 15, which I've just barely started. I'm still in the beginning area. But 
I just like had this dilemma. I was like, okay, do I want to go with the Japanese voices or the English voices? And I and I went back and forth for for a bit, and then I I went ahead and went to to English. Um, and uh, you know, I had the little Huber voice in my head about like you know the creator's intent or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's like once I started going around in that world and I started hearing like the little bits of dialogue and stuff. It's like well, well, the creator's intent was for you to like hear these bits of dialogue and connect to them and, and connect to the personalities. And if you're doing that in a language that you don't actually know, it doesn't entirely work. You know, if you're just trying to read all the time while you're doing combat and stuff, you know, like, you know, so it's, that's like, again, that's why localization is so important to get right because to get that same character across, like you really do need to be able to hear it and understand it in a good way. Yeah, Final Fantasy XV is interesting because there's there's a lot of conversations that just sort of happen as you're running around. Yeah, and like as you're like fighting and, and doing things that playing it in another language, I think not necessarily that that you will miss out on that stuff, but you have to pay extra attention maybe in a way. Whereas like mm-hmm. something like uh, Yakuza, characters aren't really talking or saying anything right. super important yeah. unless they're you know you're locked into a scene with each other and yeah so it's, definitely it like i think that's the thing it's like you're much. you're so active that like yeah trying to focus on reading while doing all this other stuff just it isn't going to come across um another thing that has has made my trails of cold steel experience extra special and i like i i need more of it is cross save um Oh. When I'm going through these these oh, big RPGs yeah, yeah. and trying to go through a lot of them, like I need to sneak in time where I can find it and being able there's not cross by unfortunately that would be ideal, but being able to just be like all right I'm going on a plane I need to go in a car or you know just whatever or I'm going to the DMV, like I can just put that save in my Vita take it with me get. 30 minutes in, an hour in, and that that helps so much. Can it you, helps so much. Can you imagine being at the DMV and just seeing some guy playing Trails of Cold Steel on his Vita? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, like, whoa! When I was in high school and my early years of college, it used to really bother me. Like, I wouldn't play oh, sure. games, hmm. and I just don't care anymore. Think what you want to <laughs> think, you know? I mean, I don't care about playing in public. I just be like, you will. That's really hardcore. Oh, <laughs> that's, sure. what, that's, what yeah. I, that's what I meant by it. Okay. Like, I don't care if you're playing games in public. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. one of the things I really liked with uh, Forza Horizon 3 as well. Is, you know, it's just like, boot it up on an Xbox and there, you know, it just sinks my save. Yep, yeah. You know, and, and I think that really helps. Uh, and not that I've really done this a whole lot other than, you know, coming here and, and when we streamed it that one day. But, you know, it it, it is nice, you know, that because most of the time you don't you don't get the chance with a PC game to show it to a friend. Yeah, you know, unless like you get them to come over to your place, mm-hmm. but it, you know, I could just log into anyone's Xbox and like, hey, check out this game and play around with it for a bit. Uh, you know, yeah. After ha- you install it, hmm? you have to still install the game. Yeah, you still have to install it. Right? They yeah. got time. Okay. But you know, uh, wait till you make the switch. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> it's every game on every that game. system. Every I can game just... is transforming. Yeah, but in 720p. Mm-hmm. Because of that, put all the JRPGs on the Switch. But put I mean, the Vita is not 720, and it looks pretty oh, I sharp. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, the, boy, I two JRPGs and what I'm about to talk to next. I feel like this is the most typical Bad what have I been doing segment. But I, I've been watching anime. I have, but Brad, it's 
It's not just another anime, and I it's it's one that a lot of people have seen. So I, I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's it's been like a punch to the gut, and I've been I'm, I'm almost finished with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, Whoa. okay. Um, and I need a little background of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, when it was first airing in the states, I hated it. Okay. And I hated it for the dumbest reason. Was it when it was just Full Metal Alchemist, though? It was just Full Metal Alchemist, okay. not Brotherhood. Oh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw that whole series. I really like that. I didn't... Again, I was being very dumb. I didn't like Edward Elric's voice, and I thought he was an annoying character. Mm. I, was, I watched a few episodes, like, I can't, can't handle this. Can't sure. Um, I can't remember if I watched it in English and Japanese. It might have been Japanese. I was watching it in English, and now I'm, I'm the, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is on Crunchyroll, mm-hmm. and I just have to say, I, I realize that I use this language a lot. I'm very aware of it, but in this instance, I think it totally applies. This is one of the best anime that I've seen. Oh, shit. Um, because, like, this, these two brothers, their quest is to get their bodies back um, after, like trying to resurrect their mother and having it go horribly wrong. And so that in and of itself is a compelling storyline, but never have I seen an anime make its supporting cast like so amazing Mm. and all of the things that's going on with them. This is a show that deals with loss. This is a show that deals with prejudice. This is a show that deals with following tough orders. Mm -hmm. This is a show that deals with like, insecurities about your daily life and it covers all of these things so deftly and like goes after all these things in one episode like this holy cow dude but the thing is <laughs> that there's some anime that i'm not going to name where they they cover serious subjects and they do a pretty good job of it but they're no fun and so you watch a couple other episodes and you're like i need to take a break full of the alchemist brotherhood has moments of levity that work uh, sure. And it, it doesn't feel forced. Like they come in at just the right moments to break mm-hmm. up the tension a little bit. And the way that they draw out that mystery all the way until the end, um, there's just like every few episodes, there's some revelation that, that happens where I'm like, oh my God. And it, like, I want, after I'm done with the series, I want to go and I want to read about the history of the world because they, they don't dump too much on you, but they, they do enough they little, it. they sprinkle it and there are enough breadcrumb trails mm-hmm. where it's like, oh wow, this, this seems like a well thought out place. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a vehicle for storytelling, but you've, you've created a place, uh, in its own right. And man, um, I don't need to ramble on too much about it, but I just, I think you should watch it. I've never seen Brotherhood. I've seen the original or original one or Full Metal Alchemist, but I've never seen Brotherhood. I didn't know what the difference was. I was like, they just remake it or something? So I have not seen the original Full Metal Alchemist, okay. and so my information I could be giving you may not be entirely accurate, but my understanding is that Brotherhood is closer to the manga. Oh, okay. But, cool. yeah, not 100%. Cool. Kyle, have you seen Full Metal Alchemist? No. Okay. Would you see Full Metal Alchemist? I, I've, ben, I've heard many people say Brotherhood is way better, is super good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, boy. Yeah. that's a tall order for me, because I haven't seen Brotherhood at all, and I, like, really think that the original was great when i was starting brotherhood and this is uh, my biggest issue with anime right now it, like when you show me 12 episodes i'm like no problem and i mm-hmm. usually get through it in a week or two yeah once we start getting into like 50 60 100 episodes or whatever mm-hmm. i just it's hard to stay engaged for that long and live a life yeah there are i believe 66 episodes in brotherhood like I'm dr- I'm drinking Brotherhood like water, man. I boy, I am going to be depressed when I'm done with the show. That's what it was like when I first started watching One Piece. 
Yeah. And I was like, man, this is so good. I consume it all really fast. Right. And I was like, oh, there's like five. Right <laughs> yeah. Now. And it's yeah. still going. That was like eight years ago. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I'm just going to speak up to this very, very quickly. Sure. But uh, just a little music thing that I've been listening to. I am, no, I am not, uh, nothing against her or her music, but I, I'm traditionally not a Beyonce fan. Like I've listened to her here and there. It's just been like, oh, cool. And then, you know, it, it never really cooked with me. Her latest album, Lemonade. Holy cow. Like there are so many different styles mm. and what she's saying, like those lyrics hit you like a hammer. And then you go and you watch the music videos and it's like a movie. And I like, this is the first time because it's not on Apple Music, like I can't just stream it, that I've gone, it was like, the album was like $18 and I spent it no problem. Oh, okay. well, cool. I am blown away. $18 is like yeah. double or something or pay up? How many tracks Well, because that? it comes with the full like music video movie. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so that's I why see. it's more money. Um, but yeah, Beyonce Lemonade, I, okay. that is, I've just been listening to it. <laughs> I did it not expect you to say that. Non-stop, <laughs> yeah. And it's outside of my, my yeah, normal sure. listening zone. That's cool. And I, uh, I recommend I people check it out. Yeah. Holy cow. Holy cow, man. She's got things to say that matter in a really cool way. But it's time. It's time for that moment that comes but once every two weeks. Prepare yourselves. Oh, okay. Um, and for this week, for... For this episode, what I've decided to do is I've, I've been thinking a lot about quarter one of 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've decided to call it <laughs> the quarter one of doom. Or the first quarter of doom. I suppose that maybe has, has a bit more of a ring to it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through all of the games that I think uh, us as the Easy Allies would be interested in. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going to play and definitely going to have feelings about. And I want you guys to, to talk about them if anything comes up, but I want you to pick from this this admittedly big list one game, one game that will rise above all others. Mm. And I want you to tell me why. Just one. Okay. Do I get to save it until the end? Yes. Okay. You absolutely get to save it until the end. Great. All right. So here we go. If I miss something, chat, please let me know. Tell at Ian Hink right. what he missed. So in January, <laughs> it's weird because this list has Japanese releases on it as well. Oh. Um, so it makes it a little confusing. In January, we have Dragon Quest VIII, Journey of the Cursed King on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Gravity Rush 2. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. That's right. I think it's worth mentioning to anyone who's not familiar with Kingdom Hearts that that is not just another HD remake. Right. There's a new game in 2.8. Part part of it. I don't know how long it is, but But I'm so stoked about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's why I'm playing. I ignored all the other HD remasters, but I'm in for 2.8. Are you going to get the one that has everything on it, though? The PS4 one? Uh, No. All I want to play is that new Aqua stuff, and then I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I forgot you played through real quick. Does it? Yes. I'm good. Okay. I'll pay fifty dollars for that. Okay. Wait, I'm you, in. you beat it? Like what? All the awkward stuff? What? I can't say anything. Uh, also in January we have Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. Ooh, oh my god, the baby! Tales of Berseria. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yakuza Zero. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh baby, Yakuza Zero. Uh huh. 
Uh, Digi- Easy Allies Month. And now this, here we go. Oh Digimon World Next Order. Oh my god. Uh, let's see. Easy Moving on. Allies I month feel like January. There, I thought there were some other games on the, the 24th, but maybe not. On the 24th? No, that's that's Probably all I have from this list. We'll just yeah. go by what's on the list. Yeah, again, I'm, I am tailoring this list a little bit. Uh, February, we've got Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. Pass. Atelier Sophie, the Alchemist of the Mysterious Book. February 9th, we have Neo. Ooh. On the 14th, we have For Honor. Mm-hmm. On the 21st, we have Berserk and the Band of the Hawk. Halo Wars 2, East Origin. On the 28th, we have Horizon Zero Dawn and Torment, Tides of Numenera. In March, March 7th, we have Nier. Tamata. Hmm. Rampa 1 and 2, Reload. Mm. Uh, let's see. Moving down here on the 28th, we have the PS4 versions of Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix and Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix. Uh, on the 30th, we have Attack on Titan, Escape from Certain Death on the 3DS. And... I th- I'm going to say those are all of the things that would potentially earn a vote. I'm going to say there's a huge omission there. Of yeah. course, it's a big question mark. Yeah, we don't know the games. The Switch. launch of the Switch in oh, March. Yeah, sorry. I, the only things that I was saying are, yeah. are something that had a date nailed down. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But just, yeah. Okay, I'll exclude it. I'll exclude I, it. I just hear you. I think it's a good now. thing yeah. to bring up. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I was only picking things that, that we knew for sure. Oh, but boy, it's probably going to be a Switch game. The one that rises above. Uh, Mario and Raymond Rabbits. I honestly <laughs> think it's going to be a good game. I think that'll be a good game. Wait, did you say Raymond Rabbids, though? Raymond Rabbids? Isn't that what it is? Like the rumored raving Mario? Rabbids. They're raving. Raving? Ra- they're from Rayman. Well, but they're not Raymond Rabbids. No, yeah. Well, you get what I'm saying, though. Sorry, Everybody I'm not a huge rabbits. expert on Raymond. that. Yeah, so here's the, <laughs> the thing. Rabbits. that They basically right, right. split that off into its own separate franchise now. The Rabbids really are not connected to Rayman uh, in the recent games. They have eclipsed Rayman. Yeah. No. Yeah, they actually no, really have. They have. No. Like, Rayman is a better game for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of popularity and like people recognizing like more like people know what the rabbits minions. are that's yeah. why everyone likes them where's Rayman's? i honestly think the minions might have ripped off the rabbits probably <laughs> probably <laughs> they're close a little more nuanced they just to the minions to go, all the time yeah guys i'm at a dilemma oh mm. this is the easy this is the easy answer for me oh okay. no please uh neo mm. dude yep dark souls okay uh, better than everything that comes that out list? in those yeah. three months yeah yeah for sure yeah all right why well, uh, Okay, well, you know I love me some Souls, big yeah. time, and uh, it's it plays like Souls, but it was different. It felt different enough. Where like you know when we you and me talked about Salt Sanctuary, yeah, we're like it's a little too on the nose sometimes Absolutely. for us. But Neo felt like different enough from what I played of it. Where I played it for like two hours and I was like, I don't need to play this anymore. I love this. I'm not gonna touch it anymore. And it's like mixing with Onimusha, something we haven't had forever. We probably never will get again, which saddens me. I think it'll have a lot of heat on it. I think it'll be that type of game where my my pick is Horizon. Horizon is already propped up to be huge. Neo isn't, and I think Neo mm-hmm. can get a lot of a ton of buzz, a ton of oh this game's actually good, and, and people feel like they're discovering Neo. Oh for sure, yeah. The but like, the marketing budget is so much like smaller compared mm-hmm. to Horizon. Horizon. They're pushing Horizon like as the next big deal for them. <laughs> yeah, I can see the podcast bet now 
How many reviews of Neo say Dark Souls? <laughs> <laughs> Every single Every, review. And some twice. Some yeah. twice. Yeah. Much yeah. like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your pick is Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Okay. Hit me. Sell me. Uh, the game had a hard delay. Yeah, it, it did. might still get another delay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not well, positive mm, it will come out at that point. But it is. A, I think it might not. It's a real Sony month, right? Like Sony just loves to release games in February Very and March. Well, yeah. Um, I think that it's going to be good. I think that ugh, it sucks to have to like craft poison arrows, and it sucks to have to climb a brontosaurus to get the tower to get the map of all the waypoints and things that you want in the area. However. I think still beneath those things is a game about tackling robot dinosaurs. Sure. It's important to always remember that the, there's still a really cool concept here beneath those things that we've, we've become familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is still a really cool uh, futuristic prehistoric game. And so uh, I, I think that there's still a bunch there that's going to be really sick. Uh, they're wisely not showing everything. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really cool game. Kyle, you just... Uh, I think perfectly encapsulated what I love about Gundam is uh, there are a lot of Gundam series where, you know, they have really interesting storylines and strong characters um, and a lot of melodrama. Mm-hmm. But underneath all of that, it's just like, oh, man, it's really fun to watch those robots fight each other. Yeah. God, mobile suits are so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got beam oh. swords. Yeah. And it's it's great that that's, n- that's not the only thing that there is. But boy... Some meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Like a fight <laughs> uh, I think you bring up a good point in saying that it's not going to show. Uh, it's not showing everything. That is a game yeah. where, like, yeah. I want to get to the game of the year discussions for 2017 and Horizon Zero Dawn to like be part of the best narrative category and to, and to have people say, "Didn't see that coming." Yeah, right. I think that'd be. And the way I almost feel like this last D3 showed a little bit too much. You know, like bringing in that corruption element already like starts leading your head to places. Oh, sure. You know, and it's like, well, okay. Um, I don't know if I needed to see that. I, I feel like, you know, if there's more just to the, the organic side of these things, you know, like I, 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 you know, think that could have been shown off in a way that wouldn't have led you down to like what the actual conflict is. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, our, our uh, presumptions may turn out false. Uh, Brad, going back to the the surprise element, and, and that's something that, that Kyle is hoping for with Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. do you think that is a criticism that people will levy? Do you think you'll levy it against Neo, where we, we play through it and it's like, man, this is a great game, but I'm not really surprised? Do you think that'll be an issue for Neo? Um, I don't know. Like, I always think that when I play a Souls game, like when a new one's coming out, I'm like, eh, you know, Souls. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't be surprised, but I am every time. Right. And this is like Team Ninja, like a completely different team. So I'm expecting them to do something like pretty drastically weird later on knowing them. So I'm very hopeful. I mean, it's it's totally possible. Brad, uh, playing through the beta mm-hmm. uh, and that like weird vampire lady boss fight. Didn't even get to her. Okay. Well, all no, I want to say... Just kidding. I'm sorry. Just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry. Just kidding, all I want to say <laughs> is that that fight made me think, oh man... If this is indicative of the quality of boss fights in Neo, mm-hmm. excellent. We are in for a Donkey Kong barrel blast of a time. <laughs> ben, one of the greats. Killing vampires in barrel games blast. is like one of my favorite things to do ever. The, so the Vampire is, Slayer, this, Bradley Ellis. Okay, yeah, dude, I love killing vampires and monsters. It's yeah. like Castlevania, top tier, you know. So you saying that is like 
super pleasing to me. I missed the beta for yes. some reason. I don't remember. Like there was something that slept on. For some reason I ended, ended up not being able to play it. But Alpha I was super into. And that's the, game of the, year? the second second boss in that Alpha was crazy. Yes. Yes. And I was super impressed by it. So yeah, definitely definitely looking forward to the boss fights. Who is this Team Ninja? What Who, Team Ninja yeah, is this? Like. <laughs> it's like the is it ninja guy in three team yeah <laughs> actually i wonder you know because you know like team ninja worked on yeah ninja guy in three and they worked on other m like i wonder like if there's some core team that like just after ninja Gaiden two or whatever has just been working on neo Quietly. because it has been in development for yeah, such a long time possible. they went up into the mountains and then they finally came down like two years ago with their plans neo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what happened but it's almost as if somebody came into the office one day and they're like Let's stop making bad games. Let's yeah. make a let's, good let's, one. Yeah, let's I, be proud of our work. Yeah, I mean, wow. you do the volleyball stuff by all means. <laughs> yeah, do it. I mean, it sells. We gotta make money. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Bloodworth, hit me. Hit me with something. What uh, do you think? Well, I mean, I was gonna. I would have went with Neo, but um, yeah. So I guess uh, uh, Nier Automata would be. Ooh, good pick. The the next stealing the thunder. Next one on the list. That's a good pick, blood. Yep. Um, but but yeah, it's you know it. I don't know a lot about it. I don't honestly know a lot about Nier. I haven't played that or Drakengard. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I just, there's just that reputation, you know, that that comes with it, with the story that it tells, with the crazy way it, it kind of handles its end game, um, and uh, with its uh, music and everything, you know. And then and the one downside being, you know, that you know the gameplay was not that great. The gameplay was, you know, su supposedly a slog. Mm. Um, and so now you get platinum to handle the gameplay, and then it's like you've got the best of both worlds, yeah. uh, and, and I think it could be really, really great. Mm -hmm. um, somebody near is also my pick because somebody uh, described to me on Twitter that I, I thought was a beautiful way to summarize it is the the storytelling team behind near has always been incredible. They've always told really powerful stories, and they said now they finally have a a, a team that justifies their level of storytelling and just seeing both of those forces collide dang that's cool something. dude like i i think it's always hard for people who like demon souls i remember hmm. i remember the talk around demon souls and how much doubt there was oh like, yeah oh, no i remember when we saw it at tgs we thought the game was not very good at all we thought yeah. it was an awful game no it had, it had it had no buzz it was a michael pactor sent to die kind of thing like no one was talking about it and i think no one understood it mm -hmm. um and i think even being a fan of near i don't think i'm fully aware of what Automata is going to have in store for us. Like, I think that game is going to blow people away. I think it's going to review really, really well. And I think the word of mouth is, is going to make it awesome. Huge. Yeah. I believe in it. I want to believe in it. I want to believe in it too. Uh, can I give a quick honorable mention to Gravity Rush 2? Yeah, absolutely. Dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Well done, Brad. The first one's so good. And like, it was a great Vita game, but now being able to see it on a PS4 and like the world, like way more expansive, way more detailed. It's got me so hyped, man. Carry that story along. Oof. This feels good to float. It feels good. It just feels good to play that game, you yeah. know? Also, just the way that game looks. Yeah, oh, it's that beautiful. Style. It's, beautiful. it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, are we ready for some emails? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got some. We got some. I think they're good. We got some good emails today. 
Uh, our first one is from Aaron, and this just Hi, really tickled me pink, by the way. Greetings, allies, oh. uh, from basically just northeast of Dubuque, Iowa. Mm. Never in my life did I... I've been to Dubuque. I grew up in Dubuque. I was raised in Dubuque. I've by been wolves. there. I grew up there. Yeah. By wolves. I, 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 never, there. I never in my life expected to get an email from Dubuque, Iowa, or near Dubuque, Iowa, I suppose. He says, I'm a strong advocate for the inclusion of the little things in games, the aspects that make uh, negligible differences to the mechanics of play, but by their mere presence greatly contribute to the complexity of the setting or potentially making a resounding impact on the player. A recent example that comes to mind is healing your Pokemon in Sun and Moon and placing them in an incredible cure-all machine. In each Pokemon Center, little, sprites, little sprite images of your party appear on the screen uh, behind it while that familiar jingle plays. This serves absolutely no practical purpose, but makes me indescribably happy. To the panel, I ask, what is your favorite little thing in any game you've played? Mm. Or what little thing was so impactful to you that it immediately comes to mind when being put on the spot by this question or recording a Frameshot <laughs> podcast? Got one already. Oh, Locked and baby. loaded. Wow. Bathrooms. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love I bathrooms in video games. Why? Uh, bathrooms are things that all humans use. Seeing it in a game world makes that world more real. Just uh, being able to go into a bathroom. Oh, God. Uncharted 4's bathrooms, top tier. You live their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're there. It makes that place real. And as, as it said, as the as the, the letter said, uh, not necessarily adds anything to the game, the gameplay itself, but adds so much to me as a player of making me care about this world, making me feel inside of this world. Uh, bathrooms are clutch. Well said. Bathrooms are clutch. Well said. <laughs> I hate my language. I need to up my diction in 2017. It, it's hard because Easy Allies is so consumed by certain words and phrases yeah. that I don't even notice when I'm relying on them too much. You know. Yeah. Uh, I got one. If the other, if the other two are you still thinking? Uh, I think I got one. Okay. Ooh. Hit me up. Um, I want like uh. A sp- a new specific example of one game is like uh, the mini games of Final Fantasy VII at Gold Saucer. Yeah, where it just helped felt like made that place feel more like an amusement park kind of thing like that. Being able mm-hmm. to just like play things you've done in the game, like the snowboarding, the submarine, and like the fighting game. Like how much time did we spend on that fighting game last time we played? Oh, I love that. The rock yeah. paper is just rock paper scissors. Yep. Yeah, but how yeah. cool was that? And the that system cool. that we got to make. Yeah, just like yeah. weird little mini games. I guess sometimes in games. Yeah. That like don't really matter. I guess. Mm-hmm. Just cool little things like that, I mm. guess. What do you got, Blood? Um, yeah, this, I wouldn't say this is a favorite or anything, which is what immediately comes to mind, as he said. I'm not good with being on the spot. Um, but uh, there is this, this quest in The Witcher 3. I didn't even do it on my first playthrough. I did it on my like, second playthrough. And um, they uh, there's this, this tower on an island in Skellige that didn't seem to belong and there was like caused storms on the entire island and it was just wreaking havoc and you go through this quest about a magician and everything and then wrapped up in it is like this whole thing and when you, once you start reading the the backstory of it like the whole thing is just a joke about like drm and Gog not having DRM. It was just like the way it was written, like makes it work. But it was just so hilarious because it's like you can read it and not get it, and then you start looking at like what it's doing. It's like, oh, I need more blood. I don't understand the connection between the Wizard's Tower and DRM. 
like it was <sighs> i'd have to like really look look it up to like ex- to explain the whole thing but yeah. like it was yeah it, it it went through you know kind of like all of these like ridiculous wizard terms or whatever and then you know and the solution to this is gog blah 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 blah, blah you know so yeah uh, I don't remember the whole thing. So it wasn't even like thing. totally metaphorical. Like they had the letters G O G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And there was another thing, um, like in Blood and Wine, where like you, you picked up a letter and like the, or you picked up something and it was like the the monogram was D L C. It's like the guy's initials were D L C. That ain't right. That's <laughs> blood. That's the opposite. Oh God. Funny little joke. No, that's the opposite. Don't even know D L C. Um, I feel like. Not enough games do this because maybe maybe people don't care about it, but in games where you can create your own character, you know, you pick a race, you pick a class, you pick a, a look, I love it when not just at the beginning of the game, but multiple points throughout the adventure, they reference something about the character that you made. Um, cool. I Because then it's not just like this theme park attraction where they're shuffling in everybody and they're saying the same thing. Like, it's like, oh man, they said something about me, about mm-hmm. this character that I invested in, that I care about, that so many people won't get to experience. Uh, yeah, my, my, really cool. my wife actually really, like, gets a kick out of Forza Horizon 3 calling me by my name. Like, yeah. When you pick your name, it's like, hey, Daniel. Oh, and, like, weird. I don't even think about it. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like any time I finish playing that game, it's just, <laughs> you know, it really, like, Connects to her, it's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, it's like you're the king of Australia. <laughs> I picked a different name. Oh, real quick one too, like uh, being able to change your like uh, color variant in fighting games. Or oh like that. I yeah, I always love doing that, dude. Like it doesn't affect gameplay or anything like that. It's just cool though, right? And you cool have thing. you have your color. Of yeah, that you're like I always like, pick this, this color. Yeah, right. and if you don't have it, it, doesn't feel right. As I really search for a specific example, I'll shoot this one out quick. I was thinking of Rogue Galaxy. Uh, you know, I dig that game, that PS2 game. Suck for that. Um, you kill the prison warden as a boss yeah and then you can actually explore into his room and find a little uh photograph that he has framed on his desk and just to me like things like that mm, love it he's World dead building. that guy's gone i killed him but like that little thing is mm. just like oh that's all so that's good. left of him yep you monster yeah he had his reasons but there's there's like there's like a remnant of him in this world even after you killed him like yeah. it's not like another video game yeah. boss where it's like once you defeat him you never see anything of him. He, he lived said, uh, there. Yeah, he yeah. lived in that What's spot. The, yeah. Like the the Dark Souls character where like if you optionally attack her then it like makes the whole world darker. In on Orlando. Whoa. Oh, oh yeah. Guinevere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Our next question comes from Phoenix. Hey Phoenix. He says, hey, allies, growing up in the 90s, uh, arcades, uh, it was a big deal, but living in the South, there were very few and far between. I always had the dream of a one-quarter playthrough, and I achieved that dream Hmm. in 2002 on a game called Marvel vs. Capcom 2. No way. Wow. Have any of you ever achieved the one-quarter playthrough? If so, what game? Nothing close. No way. Nothing close to a one-quarter playthrough. Can I hype up a, a thing in yes. Pasadena? Yes. There's an arcade called Neon. You walk in, you spend ten dollars, uh-huh. and you get to play for an hour, and everything is uh, free. Like all the arcade machines. That sounds you, awesome. You just oh, okay. smash one player until it's like full. And so I did a full playthrough of Ninja Turtles. Wow. It felt so good. Uh, at the end, that game is insanely hard. There is no human alive who can do a one-quarter playthrough of Ninja Turtles. They're designed to eat your money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you could probably figure out how the bosses work in Ninja Yeah, I mean, quarter. yeah. But, uh, yeah, just, it gets so mean, so insane. 
Krang's just smashing you with one-hit kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shredder it is. Oh, God. But, yeah, really cool arcade uh, for that reason. For that reason of there's no such thing to me as a one-quarter playthrough. Right. And, uh, yeah, 10 bucks is, like, negligible enough where you're like, yeah, this sounds like a fun thing. And you're playing through arcade games you would never beat otherwise. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely were some arcades in, in my hometown. But it was, like, very rare that I actually was ever at them like birthday parties of friends and things like that like most of the arcade games that i played were like either at a bar or at a flea market or at a pizza place you know it's just like what whatever games were in those places so you know but like a lot of you know street fighter and ninja turtles and tetris and that stuff was were in those places but you know it wasn't like yeah i was not very often like dedicated going to an arcade because like arcade game was just sort of like what I, you know, begged my parents to do while they were doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me some quarters. I'm going to go play the games. I'm like, oh, okay. And then go. And they do. Yeah, they do what they're doing. I I have never done a, a one credit clear, but I got very, 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 very close hmm. once. Um, and it's a game that I love with my heart and soul. I got to the last stage of Metal Slug 3. Whoa. On one, wow. on yeah. one quarter. But, but then, I, then I messed up. Hardcore. Yeah. Metal Slug 3. Like, I love all the Metal Slug 3, Metal Slug games, but Metal Slug 3 was the very first one that I played. And before, it was such a beautiful experience because I was in high school when I first encountered it, and I had never heard of Metal Slug before. And I was like, oh, what is this? And then playing it and being like, this game is incredible. Wait, and just three having was your the, first one? Three was my Whoa. first one. And I got to play it in the arcade cool. for the first time. Cool, cool. And Doing it right. Oh, man. Like, I would go to the arcade to just play Metal Slug 3. That's there's still nothing there. that looks like Metal Slug. No, no. Yeah. No, there's not. It's crazy. Neo Geo Baby. Um, I just remembered my closest thing. Uh, trying to get through uh, the Dance Dance Revolution game you play with your hands. I honestly oh, forget yeah. the name of it. I remember that game, yeah. What? Had like the four pads music? you'd swipe them under there. Yeah, yeah. It's got a up right, up oh, left, down yeah, right, yeah, down yeah, left. Yeah. And so you really are, you're just dancing with, waving around your hands huh. over through, I guess, IR sensors. Oh, mm-hmm. no, uh, my is. goal was with one play to do three extreme songs and I did get there. Nice. I got pretty good at that nice. hand dancing game. I feel like you're a rhythm game master. Like you know, no, no, you no, have the win. potential to pee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. not a. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I've never really got there. Okay. But you love them. Love them. Yeah. Kind of. Um, <laughs> kind of. I beat Street Fighter Two. No way, Brad. Yeah. Because um, I, I had it at home. <laughs> I had it at home. And uh-huh. I played it a lot. Yeah. And I played it like when I was like in my prime Street Fighter Two. I played it at this place called Pal's Park. Uh huh. I beat it there. What was your character? Ryu. I used to be Ryu main like all the time back in the day. It wasn't until five that I started messing around with newer characters. I just want to throw this out there. Get wrecked. Anytime somebody sin. says like they're Ryu main, you get you get that sea of people. It's like, oh, you're so boring. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no. If you are good with Ryu and Street Fighter, like really good, and you understand that character. You know when to throw fireballs. No one should disrespect. He had a cool. You. He's yeah. a cool like. A cool kid. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's so fun. Like, no. I'm, I'm bored by someone who says I'm main Blanca. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Just mash a bunch of buttons and turn electric. Then you give him the Hadouken. Yep. And I'll teach him. You come out again, give him a dragon uppercut. Nice. Uh, Beat Street Fighter 2, man. That's so yeah. hard. Must have what, been tuned was easy. Was it vanilla? That cabinet was I tuned think so, easy. Yeah. We're going to have to settle I, it. It was, okay. It was when, like, <laughs> um,. Like, the Genesis era and, like, SNES sure, kind of time. Sure, So, I don't know which version it was. Probably the original. 
this third and final email comes in from Troy. Subject, non-traditional settings. He says, hello, allies. With the recent release of Pokemon Sun and Moon, I noticed how the island setting is vastly different from previous Pokemon games. Some may even argue that the new setting helped lead the change uh, in the game's usual formula. With that in mind, I ask you, can you think of any games that you would like to see an installment of in a non-traditional setting? If so, what new setting would you like to see? I, for one thing, a Zelda game set in Feudal Japan style rule would be amazing. Uh, Chance for the Zelda series. Thanks. They did a little bit of that in Twilight Princess. What? With the the style of the <laughs> the, the wild dress west and the uh, well, yeah, that, that's the thing. They they it matched a bunch of things. Yeah. They, they had a wild west kind of thing, but then they also kind of had the way like the the villagers were dressed and the sumo wrestling stuff. Oh yeah, like his town or whatever. Yeah, I hear you. I guess it's like more like culture than location, though. Yeah. Because you know it's like in the woods. I don't know. But I I mean like the the. The example given about Alola and yeah, it's huge. how it, it really influences the entire game and, and the location itself makes the game more focused is really interesting. Um, I want to see GTA in like somewhere not in the United States. Kind of anywhere. I Where? feel like it's been in USA for a long time. Oh, yeah. Like obviously Japan's like a huge one. Even like China would be really cool or something like that. Maybe like Brazil. Or like, uh, like no, uh, what was... The one that tried to do a similar thing, the the getaway or whatever, London. Yeah, that's getaway. Yeah. Yeah, London. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Might be I mean, really GTA's cool been GTA. in, I think, London before, but that was like the old, old ones. I don't know. I'm just kind of like sick of going to places we've been before. You know, went to Liberty City, then we went to <clears throat> San Andreas, pretty much. Again. Oh, sure. Okay, so I remember GTA San Antonio. San Antonio. Oh, I remember um, <laughs> screenshots of. Super Mario Sunshine. It may not even be called Sunshine at the time, where you saw Mario hopping around a city. Mm-hmm. And I was so pumped for the game at that point. They were like, this is the hub world. And so, I would love a game in which Donkey Kong is the bad guy. It's Mario in New York City. Yeah. And just a big city. I mean, obviously not New York City. This, the city you see beneath you in Mario Kart tracks. Uh, just, I'd love to see more of that. I'd love that setting I love what Mario Kart does with world building, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You so, want DK's the bad guy? Toad's, yeah. Toad's okay. Turnpike City. You mm-hmm. can see the environments that Nintendo would make with, you know, using skyscrapers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's funny is when I streamed Super Mario World this week, um, that uh, I didn't even talk about that. Um, somebody pointed out, I was like, yeah, Mario's almost never in the Mushroom Kingdom, is he? <laughs> no, he's always on vacation. He takes a lot of vacations. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, you know, like most of the Mario games take place somewhere else. Even the Mario and Luigi games are like, let's go well, somewhere even, else. Well, yeah. even like Mario 64 is like all of these like transported places. It's like, where are these places? You know, you're like, you're at Peach's Castle, but you don't see the rest of the kingdom. Don't even get me started on the city that's like the water level level. Mm-hmm. And there's like that whole ancient city you see in the background. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. What it's is 64? The, yeah. Oh, okay. What is the context it's behind painting that world, man. Anything right. goes. Okay. So does it not exist? Yeah, it that's a really painting. good, that's a good it's question. It's world. You ever played Dark Souls 1, dude? There's a really elaborate, well-thought-out story there, and Miyamoto just went... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no one cares about story. Yeah, yeah. He's right. He's not wrong. Dinosaur Everybody should play land. Mario Run. I, <laughs> I have not thought this out, but I would really like a Final Fantasy game uh, in the Wild West. Wild Arms. Yeah, I understand that Wild Arms exists, but I want 
like a cactuar and a cowboy hat. I want the weapons to primarily be mm-hmm. revolvers and lassos. Okay. I want you to ride around on horses in addition to chocobos. Oh, dude. Um, oh, addition to chocobos. In addition to chocobos. chocobos right Not now, in addition to cho- in addition to chocobos. I just think, I don't know. Like I, I love the you know the steampunk, the contemporary, mm-hmm. the fantasy. I, I want another element to okay, Final Fantasy. Sure. I want a whole new setting. Like if you're going to change the story every time anyway, let's mm-hmm. go to a totally different place. But maybe Irvine could still have a cameo. Yeah, he's back. He's back, and he doesn't miss. You know, no one, no one talks about Irvine. I think Irvine's all right. Irvine's all right. I think Irvine's all right. Great party member. Yeah. Um, I thought of another one. Well, I thought of a challenge. I think Halo needs a new location. Oh, yeah. And I I think that that. something like this, something like a location that is the entire. What they tried to do with Halo Four? Um. Yeah. You're like on that planet the whole time, right? Yeah. But like, who cares about that planet? So I think like. (laughs) Going to someplace very specific, like Pokemon went to Hawaii, just having one location kind of uh, feed into the rest mm-hmm. of the game could mm-hmm. really benefit that game of just like, wow, this Halo is different. Uh, this Halo has a theme. I just don't know what it is. I was thinking like just in my mi- mind right now, like um, bringing back the Halos, but like a test Halo, like the first one that was built. And so there's like issues with it, but it's still really like the halos are cool. Yep. A huge ring of environments yeah. that, that there is earth and water on. Those are really cool. And the idea of a halo game that takes place entirety on one halo, I think could be really interesting if the halo itself has a theme, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's doing this? What? God of War. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Right. Mm-hmm. That is true. Boy, that game looks real good. Yes, it does. Cool location. And it is definitely informing a lot of everything that they're doing. Yeah. Blood, do you got a game for us with a different non-traditional setting? Do I have a game? Huh. It's out of my head. I can't think of what I would like. Off. Yeah. A Halo okay. game that takes entirely in place in one tower. One the tower? Ring. Yeah. It's just one tower. Just Master Chief battling your way. Like there's there's yeah. something at the top. Yeah. That they need to stop. Yeah. But as they go up. Yeah. I can see that. It'd be really cool. Like I think that would be really a cool. Haunted like, Castle. Yes. Shooting vampires as Master Chief. I. I mean the one one thing that I've you know <laughs> definitely want want to see more of is for Metroid to break out of the the prequel. You know, oh, move sure. the prequel frame trap. Like, <laughs> yes. I want to see what happens after Metroid Fusion. You know, like, yeah. what is it like to be Old essentially Sanders. the last Metroid? You know, Metroid Fusion is such a good game. It's such a great step for that series, and then just nah. Oh my god! So I'd always love to see Samus bounty hunting. Like, that would be a really cool game. Right. Like getting the bounties and actually going out, yeah, finding them. Yeah. But you know, like, but I think that's that's part of it too. Is like, if if, if Samus now is the Metroid essentially then like you don't have to like try to bring in all of these other old elements like samus is the metroid now she can do whatever you want to do next you know mm-hmm. you don't have to keep doing these weird kind of you know double samuses and all, all of that stuff or you know like you know metroid prime like as great as a game as it is it's kind of weird to think that like last boss is a metroid it's like that's not a metroid you're just that's kinda, metroid prime eh. it's weird <laughs> It's not anything like any other Metroid. Oh, but I mean, like, look at the look at the final boss of Super Metroid. Like, what is that thing? Hmm? 
The final boss is Mother Brain. Yeah. Is Mother Brain a Metroid? No. Oh, okay. Mother Brain, like, captured Metroids to use them as weapons. Got it. Guys, it's time to move on to our final segment where we dig into The Last Guardian. Oh, okay, God. tune out yep. if you're scared of spoilers. If you're scared of spoilers, yeah. if you haven't finished the game, if you're waiting to get it for Christmas, whatever it is, thank you for joining us this far. I hope you enjoyed uh, the previous parts of the episode. But now, we're going to dig into our game of the year for 2016, Ueda's The Last Guardian. I love this video game! He's still got it. It, like, it was one of those games where I, I've been waiting for so long that it, I just kind of tuned it out until I started playing it. Like, I, I wasn't Yeah, there's a point where you had to turn the hype off. Yeah. Just, like, just, oh, yeah. Just let it come. Mm-hmm. And... I was just in shambles by the time those credits came. Like, let's talk about the work they did to make Trico the creature that it is. Like, holy cow. That's that's a real thing. That's not like a video game thing yeah. that you, like, put a cursor on a screen and he goes right there. Like, this, he feels like something with its own will. Yeah. And yeah, that's he really he cool. He really felt alive. Yeah, like when you tell them like to do stuff, sometimes they like wouldn't listen. I felt like right, and I like do it like approach in a certain different way. Or you would tell him too much, like you'd be spamming commands, and, and you could like, tell like he's yeah, confused. He's like, he's like, yeah. like he doesn't know how to how to pick that up. Yeah, and like I remember I tried to get him to like jump into something, and just seeing him like trying to get ready to do it, like mentally, then like physically preparing to do it, then eventually doing it. And like when he jumps in, like water, and you like see him, he's like scared first, and he kind of gets out, and he's just like. Ooh, and he like shakes all the water off him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think that that kind of reaction animation is is one of the more interesting things. It's like, you want me to do what? What do you want me to do? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you 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 know give the command again. It's like okay, and, you know, and and yeah, climbing up to a, a ledge or, or something along those lines. Um, it's yeah, it's it's super interesting to have that towards like you don't. Yeah, you, you have a you have a partner that you work with and that you have to learn how to communicate with. Mm-hmm. And it's what you know, it's the biggest reason why I think that, you know, like I didn't, you know, I didn't stream the game because like that you're not going to get that to come across on stream from watching somebody else play, you know. And the same thing uh with just like a, a lot of how the controls work and how much, you know, kind of heft and the weight there is and and stumbling there is um to the way your character moves, you know, and and I feel like that's one of those things, like the, one of the reasons this game is is so divisive is that I feel like some people, I, like I don't know, like I can't put myself in other people's shoes too much because I just don't connect with when people say that this game controls really poorly or whatever. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It controls in a very intentional way to make you feel like a weak little boy who has to like pull himself up onto ledges or pick up this huge barrel of food you know or or pull a lever like all of that stuff like it it's hard to do and it's you know something that i think you have to see like this this is made to be this way this is made to put you in this situation something that you touched on that uh really did wonders for me is is how limited the boy is how little he can do like when those armored suits are coming mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you can push them a little bit it doesn't do very much uh you can maybe pull off their heads if they're on the ground, mm-hmm. but just 
that moment where you activate those suits of armor and Trico isn't there. Yeah. And so you run away and you as a player are thinking like, come help me. I need you. And you have to wait for him to get there. And you have that period of time where you feel so totally helpless. I love that. Like you don't get a sword. Yeah. You can't yeah. swing at those things. And that's that's very, very, very important. And what's, what's interesting is that there, there are ways to fight back. But you pretty much... You only get them either through experimentation or by looking at the trophy list. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, I can what? Oh, climb on their backs, you mean? Yeah, climbing on their backs or hitting them with barrels and things. They're like, oh, okay. I didn't know you could climb on their backs. Yeah, what? it's super hard to do. Cool. It's super hard to, like, get that angle That's to awesome. actually get on their back. But, yeah. But even those options are, like, really improvised, like, kind of awkward things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no good, simple out yeah. with those. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Trico just destroys them. Just comes in. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah, which is great. It's always a great feeling. It's always earned. Yeah. And it's it's nice not to have to be like, Trico, attack. Mm-hmm. Yep. He just does it, yeah. yeah. He sees eyes light up. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's another thing that's really interesting about the AI is, is there are a lot of times where you're not sure where the way forward is, but Trico will see it. Mm-hmm. Trico will see it before you see it and start heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, And again, that's like... That's part of this idea of this this partnership. It's like sometimes Trico knows where to go. Sometimes you have to point out where to go to Trico, and it's, it's that kind of back and forth mm-hmm. that I think really makes it work. That it's you know it's not always you just hey Trico do this, hey Trico do that. You know there there is some autonomy to it. Yeah, totally. I feel like this is just me projecting onto this, but I feel like they made Trico shoot lasers out of his tail because they thought it was cool. And I'm so on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah. But that's really, so that's something that I think is really cool from a design standpoint as well, because they introduce that at the beginning of the mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. They, they give you the mirror and they show you how it works and it becomes a part of like a normal part of, you know, handling puzzles. It's okay, you use the mirror and you destroy things. Mm-hmm. And then they take that away from you. Mm-hmm. And then you forget it exists. And then in that you know final quarter of the game, they give it back, and it's like, oh wow, like this th- this is a tool that I have again that I know how to use, and, and it's it's really really satisfying to see it come back and, yeah. and to use it in new ways. Uh, context wise, I love where you find it too, and that it is so early because when you're just pulling it off this huge sarcophagus, uh, this magic shield, you assume stuff like this is going to happen throughout the entire game. It doesn't feel as huge as it actually is mm-hmm. in the story at that time. Uh, I love that. Because it's the only item you find in like, the whole game, pretty much. That yeah. You use. yeah. And that is the base of the tower in which you finish the game at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. I love that kind of thing. And yeah, at the time, you don't feel the heat. You don't feel the weight until the tower is shaking and you see that sarcophagus again. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, this whole tower is for him. Yeah, it's, that's that. Oh, you know, I love that stuff. Yeah, and that's primarily where my love for the well, game and, comes and that's, from. Well, and that's that's the thing. Uh, I I caught on to it late in the game, and then my second playthrough, I was obsessed with the fact that this is all one big interconnected place. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that anytime you're outside, you can you see can it. look down and trace your steps, see where you've been. It's like, okay, where am I right now? It's like, okay, there's that. That's the beginning. That's the end. There's the bridge, you know, and just being able to like spot all of these things. And and one of the other things that 
kind of blows my mind <laughs> is um, with the, the, the eyeball things, the glass eyes, mm -hmm. how you can look up and you can see them from very, very far away. Yep. Yeah. Long before you ever get to them or anything like they are actually there. And there were times even when uh, I would shatter them and the, you know, the glass wouldn't just like be like some particle effect and, and disappear. Like <laughs> a big piece of glass fell on a bridge and then when I went up, I could still look down and see that piece of glass on that bridge. Just little crazy little things like that. It's like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. Um, from a storytelling perspective, there was a scene that happened that I was not expecting that I thought was just incredibly well done. And uh, you get uh, eaten by Trico after the yeah. he gets... <laughs> very unexpected. Yeah, very unexpectedly. But it... It tells the story of, of how the boy got there, mm -hmm. you and it gives you it it gives you context for the village. Yeah, um, and I like that. I like how they show where the boy is coming from, where he's trying to get through, what the townspeople say to the creature, because it it does this brilliant thing of filling in the holes in a very explicit way, while also raising questions that make the world feel bigger. Right. Uh, than what you get to see what you as you're playing do. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, it was, wow. It was like the most we've ever seen like outside of like a certain area in like the games. Like, right. You know, Eco usually takes place in that castle kind of thing. It's mostly mm -hmm. in there like Shadow Colossus. You see the beginning of them coming in and that's right. about it. But in this one, yeah, you did see much more outside this, the whatever like, fortress you're in this time. Yep. Oh, what are the connections though is what I want to right. know. What are the right. connections? Is it the same universe? Yeah. But I mean, but I, I do think it, it was a very interesting thing to me that like they did have that direct story there that it's like, okay, where, you know, where did Trico come from? Where did this boy come from? And like, you know, and like it, it answers those questions. And then there are other things that like you don't really understand, you know, like um, uh, at the end, there's, there's this thing that I think is very much up to interpretation where um, you see a Trico like kind of like puke up a child into like a retainer and then it spits out a thing of food mm -hmm. and it's like okay is that implying that the barrel of food comes from the children because why not just eat the children then it's almost like the children are being used for something else and it's like this like training mechanism like you would do for a pet like oh if you put something here you'll get treat, a, a treat you're yeah. treat. i'm gonna say it's all energy it's all energy for the master but those barrels are full of boy juice <laughs> Boy for juice. sure i don't know though. Juice, like huh? i feel like there's something else like it's just weird to me that like what, what would actually make them not just go around eating children and uh, they why would they be, bring them back and be processed into boy juice and cook your meat yep maybe uh this is our boy juice factory we we'd love to give you a tour. up to interpretation uh but all the barrels, blood. All the when you first yeah. go into the master's room, there's barrels, the empty barrels all over. You yeah. find one. Oh my god. Yeah, I think that's the implication. I think you're meant to feel a little guilt actually about all those barrels. That's what I was like. I was like, oh shit, have I been feeding him kids? Yeah. And you yeah. know what makes that uh, better than it otherwise would be is there are a lot of times you can optionally give the barrels yeah. to. Trico. Like, you oh, have yeah. to go out of your way to go and get the barrel. Sometimes it's really it. far out of your yeah. way. Yeah. And you, like, you think, like, oh, I'm doing this this thing. Like, the game's not making me do this. I'm going to go help out my friend. I'm going to form a close relationship with them. And it's like, you're feeding it people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as I know, it doesn't benefit the game at all as a, 
just like the only benefit you get is more costumes, unlockable costumes on mm. your second playthrough. I really don't think it makes Trico stronger or anything. I was wondering that when I was playing. I was Me like, too. Is I was like, him I'm making anything? the laser better or something, or I'm making the horns grow. But yeah, it did. I he's like definitely not making I the horns grow. That, but you know? yeah. I thought, I thought like, oh, maybe he'll he'll follow my commands a little bit more readily because yeah. I've been going on my way to feed him. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there is some subtle effect that we just can't see. Um, His EV values. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you'd have to. You'd probably have to. Like do two runs. You'd have to like do a run with giving it minimal barrels, and then do run with all of the barrels and see if you could notice a difference. Because yeah, I mean the horns might make sense. The horns might be tied to it somehow. But I think the horns are just growing. I think they grow regardless. Yeah. Yeah. There are trophies in the Last Guardian. Like there's a gold trophy I think in being it in under five hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, Last Guardian is one of those games uh, that I don't ever want to play again. Sure. That I, oh, I can see that for sure. Yeah. I was thinking of the moment, Ben, where uh, the kid is practically dead and Trico does its best to nudge him awake. Mm -hmm. Dipping you in water eventually yeah. works. That's like three or four minutes long. I don't know if I could watch that again. Uh, right. But in that time, I feel like the connection between the boy and Trico is never the same after that point. That's really, you see Trico acting on its own accord and you do nothing. You just, you can only watch. And I think that that moment is really, really effective. Uh, obviously, I don't think the twist that you're alive is is shocking to anyone. I think everyone is kind of watching, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna wake up eventually. Well, they're rating. Yeah, exactly. The game. You're like, well, yeah. I know he doesn't die. <laughs> so yeah, it's really just uh, establishes that bond so hard. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'd care to watch that again. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I I, I did second playthrough right away. And I, I really yeah. Does I, it wear off the second time? I mean, obviously things don't have as much impact, but uh, I you know. Again, I, I really appreciated like being able to see everything again. Yeah, I with the context, with the, the the knowledge there. I, I totally understand that. Uh, but in addition to what Kyle was saying, I think the other thing to me that is a big appeal about, about the Last Guardian is you don't know what you can and cannot do. Like you don't yeah. know how you can interact with Trico. You don't always know how you can interact with the world. And you, when you have those moments, that it's like, oh, I can do this. Uh, I think just going through and having that knowledge ruined some of that discovery for me. Yeah, um, but well, you're right. And, I would pick up on things that I missed. And going back to the trophies, um, you know, I I did like picking up some some different trophies and playing around with some things that I didn't really know about it. the first time through. But at the same time, like yeah, like trophies sometimes are just such utter bullcrap. Like there's <laughs> there's one where you're supposed to just like have heard all the hints. And like, re you really want me to like go into every room and just stand around for five or ten minutes and make sure that I've heard all the hints that you can give? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's not fun. I love that you waited once you to. I love the, yeah. I love the hints. I love the things that he says, and he says specific things too. When uh, when you get a trophy, like he'll have a little story that connects to it. So that's nice. Oh, like if you get the pulling off the heads trophy, he'll yeah, say yeah. something. That's cool. But. Yeah, some of that stuff just is not actually fun to do to get a platinum. Like, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't want to rush through the game in five hours yeah. ever. Like, it's just yeah, not a thing. Uh, no deaths, I think, is pretty crazy. Yeah, no death run. Death yeah, that broke. would be super hard to do. Yeah, because there are times where you just, you know, it's, it's not it, your fault. It's a well, there's a jump. There, yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Like, it's it's not, you know, people talk about archaic or whatever, but like, I like the fact that my jumps are not going to be like cushion to where I'm always going to make it. 
Yeah. The fact that I can miss a jump is like really refreshing to me when there have been so many games now that, you know, like it's not really platforming. You just kind of like go through the motion. Platforming, you don't even worry about falling really. Yeah. It's like, eh, whatever. The clingy. Like I think of uh, an alternate route where there's just a, like some really short hanging chains over into like this cave. I had to give up on it because I simply couldn't make the jump. But I think like that is the price you pay for the realism with the physics. Uh, that you don't have the clinginess. You don't have the clasp onto the ledge every time you're close. Um, and yeah, it's it's effective. It raises the stakes in having more... Uh, they are janky controls. They're absolutely janky controls. They're absolutely yeah. weird. But uh, the entire game is built around them. Yeah, I... I don't like the word janky, but I, yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, there's, a, there's an intentional awkwardness to it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a little... You know, like I didn't feel like I had trouble most of the time, but there was the one point where you have to like hang the pot on the chain. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, like I was there, the button prompt was there and he would just set it down. Oh, (laughs) weird. You know, that was the only part that were like in my mind, like, okay, why? (laughs) But most of the time, like I'm 100% on board with the way the game controls because I just feel like it communicates so much. Yeah, I had a few issues like with getting off Trico sometimes, but that was about it. Oh, when sure. When I was, like, hanging on. Oh, he actually... The... There's a moment where he totally does cling. If you're, like, jumping off a Trico, he'll just, like, cling back onto his yeah, head. That's yeah, that's... Yeah. It's like, oh, no, no, why not? And like, you know, I think they changed yeah, that yeah. after E3. I, I'm pretty sure... You know, I mean, maybe this is just a false memory, but I'm pretty sure at E3, you had to do Shadow of the Colossus hold our button. That's what oh, I... That's what I heard, too, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so... But, you know, if you think about it, there are points where that would be really bad if you, like, you'd let go yeah. and you just fell to your death or something. For yeah. a lot of the game. But I love hold R1 because you're grabbing. Yeah. yeah. You feel it. Yeah. No stamina either in this one. Journalists ruined a game. Yeah. Well, they didn't have any stamina at E3. But, oh, really? Okay. But they had the the, the hold. Um, man, there's something else I was going to say, too. What were you going to, Ben? Uh, just talking about the puzzles themselves, hmm. there were so many moments where... Upon figuring it out, you're kind of treated to this really cool moment. Like the, the water puzzle, I think, is was a great, great thing because uh, before that, you were just trying to get Trico in the water and trying to get him to dive, but you have that moment where you get behind the gate and you're like, how do I get up there? And there's mm-hmm. nothing that you can do to do it. And you see Trico in the distance, he's kind of looking at you like, what do you want? And then you get him to jump in and you go up to the lever and just that, like... You, you're solving it away from each other, like a distance away, but you have to communicate with one another in order to make it work. Wait, is that the one where he jumps in the water, he jumps rises? Jumps in the water, yeah, rises. I love that. I yeah, love yeah, that cool. puzzle. And um, the one, oh, it's so good. We were talking about little touches in that email where you have to bring that contraption, that sort of seesaw contraption, over to oh, yeah, yeah. the center of the room because there are those, that's, there's that gate up there that has holes in it, and he launches you up. Yeah. But he doesn't, again, and this is why this game is so incredible, is because he doesn't just launch you up. He doesn't understand what it is at He's first. Like and at he, it, yeah. wa- he, he walks over to it and he looks at it and he kind of paws at it. Yeah. And then, and he launches He's like you figuring up and it out with up you. in the air. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. And so there's another one where a super hard barrel to get is mm. if you can take the helmet with yeah. you. And that's like almost, did you do it? Did you get oh, that yeah. barrel? Like it, I had like eight attempts and you have to go back through and like take the helmet, uh, pick the helmet back up again. Is it is it secret to hold on to the helmet or set it next to you? 
Um, I think if you hold on to it, mm-hmm. then what it'll do um, with the, only the first helmet, it was weird. It was a very contextual kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then it will launch the helmet up. Um, and then you won't go as high, but the helmet will go. Oh, okay. Oh. I had so much trouble doing that. But yeah. again, it was like, uh, these are the game's physics. This is the laws it lives by. You don't just automatically get that helmet up there for figuring this out. You yeah. actually have to physically get it to work. Uh, one thing I appreciate is like it didn't repeat like a lot of the same puzzle things. Like mm. the springboard kind of thing. That was like once. You did it once. Yeah. In the entire game. And the yeah. water raising you up. That was once in the entire game. Yeah. Oh, so good, dude. I also really loved quite a bit where Trico and the other Trico were fighting and crashing through the bridges. Mm-hmm. And how mm. you, yeah. you have to go and, and help them out in different ways. Yeah, yeah like switches, yeah. 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 Uh, to me, that's really cool. That's a way to do a boss fight where it's not just this boss has an opening that you need to hit three times and exactly. dodge the attacks in between. That was a boss fight where you have to think on your toes and come up with a creative solution mm-hmm. each and every time. Really good stuff. There's no typical boss fight in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I also, and it, again, looking to how Trico kind of evolves and stuff, like, Trico's really beat up. Mm-hmm. Oh that. My like, God, with the yeah. black, like, I wasn't even sure the if it's like eye, I yeah. was totally gone or mm-hmm. what. Uh, so it's really interesting right. to see that and then, you know, for Trico to eventually heal and just, but that just like puffiness in its face, like subtle animation things like that. When a spear gets lodged in Trico, it's going to stay there until you take it out. Mm-hmm. Those spots of blood that form around that wound are going to stay there for the entire game. Well, not for the entire game, but the, yeah. I it thought takes it was a while for the for entire them. game. No, the, it takes I, a while for them to okay. wear off, but they do wear off, and you can actually like rub it off by petting. Oh, um, oh, oh I didn't need to rub it off. Rub it off. I. Oh, man, because, dang, I thought it was for the entire game. <laughs> they do stay there a long time if you don't do anything. There's a for trophy sure. for painting Trico. Is that what they mean? What? I don't know. Oh, okay. That's one thing you I do on! not know, what yeah. painting Trico is all about. I can only think... Uh, because cause I did get all the, 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 the costume trophy, mm-hmm. but then there's like one other thing after that that I thought was a costume, but I, it, it may be related to that. Oh, okay. Because if you get like 96 barrels, which you can only do in multiple playthroughs, and it does track that through multiple playthroughs. Oh, okay. oh, you know what? And it is something about feathered, so maybe the final secret costume is actually for Trico and not for the boy. That would make Ooh, sense. Ooh, that'd be cool. Okay. Maybe it's helmet one. I really like how the game opens where you have all of those drawings of strange bizarre creatures that you don't see in the game oh yeah, when yeah, yeah. it starts with just normal animals yeah yeah but then it, then yeah. it changes into yeah it the changes into creatures. things that like if you heard about this you know like let's say you lived in england and you heard about a giraffe or a rhinoceros and like are they just making that up you know that kind of thing and then That's it right. actually goes into you know mythical creatures and then it, and it ends on trico it's just yeah it's a great intro because that's what the game is about. It's it's not about... You get to the end, you solve puzzles, you you know see the boy at the end in his village, but I, I feel like more than anything else, it's about understanding this thing yeah. and, and figuring it out. And, and it being a, a, a believable animal. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. not some weird, like, monster hunter design or whatever, as cool as those can be. Like, you, yeah. you can see... Like the behavior, like it's a weird thing to look at my roommate's dog and feel like he's giving me a look like Trico gives. You know, it's like, right. what the heck? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's an important thing to bring up. And while I, I don't necessarily think the complaints about the bad controls are are wrong or that they don't have merit, but it, it also like kind of made me question 
like, what am I trying to get out of this video game sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, maybe it's okay that something I want to do isn't working in this specific moment. Maybe it's okay that it takes time for this creature to do something. Maybe it's okay that the game isn't like moving on exactly when I want to move on, you know? Um, and approaching that game from that angle is what made me fall in love with it for sure. Uh, yeah. So the moment I think I fell in love with it is kind of similar to that, Ben is like the game is not about combat. The, yeah. the playing of the game is discovering where to exploring, discovering what to do and everything like that. Um, it's the point where it's after your first trip to the tower and everything collapses on your way out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you're just kind of out in the open and you just, you feel the depth of the nest. You see all these environments around you and I don't know where to go next. And that feels so good. It Mm -hmm. feels like I'm here right now. I don't know, Trico, how are we getting out of here? We just blew up the bridge, man. And, uh, that just feels so cool. That feels, um... Uh, unlike a game it feels like unlike regular games it just feels like this is I'm in this environment right now and the world is real and the challenge is real the challenge is genuine I have to find a solution did you have a moment and this was magical to me where you didn't know where to go and you're and you exactly as you described Trico what are you gonna do mm-hmm. there's a time where I had no idea what I was doing I didn't know Trico could do this where I just got on him mm-hmm. and was like going to pet him and he just like jumped so over jumps. us. Just like, yes. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. I was like, oh, this can do this. I didn't know he could jump. Yeah. I didn't know he could jump. It felt so oh, good. Yes. Well, that, well, that's the thing. Like, I, I kind of, uh, I brought up a little bit in the review as well because early on, before you have that trust between the characters, you get on Trico's back and you're like, all right, let's go. Trico just stands there. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? What do you want? And it's like, you have to, you have to, to lead it, and. uh and I, I think that's really interesting that, like, you know, as you get a, a little further, then, okay, you can get on its back. And it'll it'll jump a little place, and then, okay, you get off and lead it again. But then, as you get into those later chapters, like, there's a lot of points where it's like, okay, Trico, let's let's go. You know, and you're, you're going where, where only Trico can go. You can't climb that way. Uh, and, uh, you know, those points where, where Trico will just, you know, drop the tail down for you. And it's like, oh, okay, let's, you know, let's go check this out. Hmm. Yeah, I love when he picks you up and throws you onto his back. Yeah. He's like, I know where to go right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like, let's go right now. Yeah, 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 I got you. You're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I love some of the commands that the little boy can do because, like, you can do a command that, like, the boy is just jumping on Trico, like, and he's frustrated. He's you know like, what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. or, or when he wants him to jump, and he's like, come on, let's go. And you, you could just see an excited little boy like losing his patience and, and kind of mimicking the emotions of the player. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, because I don't know how I just managed to discover this, but I feel like it's weird that it's not in controls. Is the, did you guys find the L1 button? No. What does L1 do? You got, you know, so you don't know. It paints Trico. No. Do you know? I don't know. I feel like I heard about this after I finished the game, but I did not use so it. So L1 always locks your camera to Trico. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I didn't know. your camera right on Trico. It's that. not on the control scheme. That's, that's weird. And I don't get it. You know, I, I found it pretty early on, and it was like, oh, this is beautiful, because now I've got the shots I want. A few times I could use that, absolutely. That's a yeah. little mm-hmm. weird, considering how far out of its way the game goes to give you, like, yeah. those prompts of, this is what this button does, this yeah. is what this button does. It, like, it's not spelled out yeah, anywhere. That's a little it's weird. It's really, really strange. It seems inconsistent. And, it's, and, and I think it, and it may make the difference for a lot of people, that, you know, 
sure have a hard am. time with the camera controls and like you know you just hold l1 and watch trico patch you know, it in see what trico's doing heed bloodworth's advice so use l1 try pushing buttons that aren't marked sometimes in games yeah. <laughs> see what happens <laughs> I have one final question that we've kind of already gone over with Game of the Year, but I want, you know, the individual takes of, of each of you. Um, we've talked a lot about Last Guardian, but there are a lot of games in 2016 that we've talked about and we've praised. What is it about Last Guardian that makes it stand above those other ones for us collectively as easy allies? Hmm. Let me think. Uh, Last Guardian is a lot of what... I want games to be. Uh, and I mean, so it, it was Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 was the game that I was pretty sure was game of the year until I played through The Last Guardian. And Uncharted 4 is, is obviously a god-tier game. Um, has a lot of uh, just still shooting to get headshots and finding ammo on the ground and things that just... games. It's normal in games to have these things. Mm-hmm. Uh but Last Guardian doesn't need any of those things. It doesn't need any of the things that make video games games. Or I mean, it still needs some. It still has secrets. Still has those barrels. Uh, it's funny the implementation of the barrels and just uh, yeah. To me, it's a it's a game you don't really have to make excuses for. You don't have to say, oh, that's just video games. Uh, obviously, you do have to make excuses for the way it controls, and you do have to make excuses for uh, sometimes just Trico getting trapped. One time I was just trapped. I had to like, jump off the ledge to get him to reload. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just stuck. Just completely stuck in some stairs. But, um, yeah, it, it, it stands for itself. It stands as a game that's just proud of itself and will let the audience find it as opposed to uh, appealing to a wide audience. Though I'm upset about this thing Bloodware says about R1. Um, yeah, just a game that's proud of itself and so complete. Yeah, I guess it's a game that kind of does kind of like does things by its own like its own rules i would say like no traditional boss fight no like things you need to expect in a video game like we don't need to put something here to make this a game for everybody it just kind of like plays by its own rules and the bond i felt between trico and the boy was like groundbreaking for me like some weird creature it felt like the most alive creature i've ever seen in a game you know like the bond, like it reminds me of having like a, like a, having pets growing up. Like I felt that same emotion I had with this dumb CGI dog bird. There was something that Damiani said that I thought was yes, this is so like, on point. That ties in it, yeah. Where he was like, I never had any problems with Trico because I've been living with cats for years. It did remind yeah. me of like when I had a pet. It's <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. and that ending dude was just like an amazing payoff for me. Like, yeah. That payoff mm-hmm. yeah. was incredible. Good lord. Yeah, I think it, it does a really great job of uh, of sort of building that that bond and that drama over time, because I I feel like I feel like a lot of people sort of make this mistake of like dipping their toes in and like, well, I don't see what's so great about it, and like, well, it's it's because you just dipped your toes in. Like I. You know, in in those beginning chapters before the the bridge that was at E3, mm-hmm. I was kind of in the same space. And like, I think, like this is good, but I can't really like put my finger on like what what it is. You know, it's, it's there's nothing that's like in my face. Oh, this is amazing. It's just like there's just this subtlety to it, and then it just builds and builds on that foundation. It builds with these reveals. It builds with this drama. It builds with these moments where you're like you're on the edge of life and death and you don't know what's going to happen 
Um, and then it's just like some of those final moments, some of those final chapters where it just, I'm not going to forget that stuff. Like there's just these things in my head. It was, it was kind of frustrating writing the review in a way because it's like there are things in my head that I would never show in the review yeah. that are this is why this game is getting this score. Uh-huh. You yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, that was a tough one. In, in my opinion, the best stretch of that game uh is is not even the the actual ending, but the the section right before that, yeah. where you're climbing up those towers, mm-hmm. and you and the sun is setting, and, and you see the oh, light yeah. coming yes. through Trico's feathers, yeah. and you uh-huh. see like the basin that you're enclosed in, and you have that moment with Trico where he backs up very very slowly, and he hunches down, and he runs forward, and he jumps, like my heart like went up with him, like it was such. A powerful, amazing moment, and the way that they make you very, very, very slowly work for that—that payoff. Oh, oh my God! Mm. Good sense of urgency in that game. And you had an appreciation of that tower. You were there before. You worked so hard to get back to it. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know that tower is the way out. Mm -hmm. The giant white tower with textures unlike anything else in the the entirety of the game. Super interesting. And then, yeah. and then, oh, to cap it off, mm-hmm. it's not just like, okay, yay, Trico, he flies, he gets to the tower. You get to the tower, and those those suits of armor that that knocked you down, you got to fight. They mm-hmm. they they rushed on you, and so it's just this one sort of uh, like really uplifting moment, and then an immediate battle where yeah. you're, you're kind of on the edge of the seat, and you have guys above you. I'm I you know I said I can't replay it, but I I want to yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, and it's, you know, it's a lot of this, you know, when I, and I came down to it, you know, and it's like, this, yeah, this is my, my first five star. I never gave a 10 at GT, you know, yeah. and it's like, it was really, it's like, there are a lot of games where like, yeah, like the frame rate or whatever is an, is an issue and it will take away from my experience. And this is like, yeah, I definitely noticed spots where like the frame rate here is not good. It's not good on a normal PS4, you know, in, in specific rooms. But unlike, you know, a driving game or an action game or something, like I never felt like that really interfered with the gameplay and what I was trying to do. You know, it's not like Witcher 3 where, you know, like I, I, I am just getting caught up in a big mob of enemies because I can't see exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... it's it's just something that just felt so inconsequential because this is a game that is not like any game before. And I really, really don't think there's going to be another game like this after it. There'll be some imitators. There'll be some people that, you know, have a big buddy companion or whatever in their games. But I just, I don't think that Ueda or anybody else is going to make a game that really feels like this game. It feels like something that you're going to look back on no matter how many years in the future, like that game was that game and there's nothing else like it. There's nothing else like it. Yeah. And, so, and it sounds like a cheesy thing to say. No. You know, it really does. No, it's true. It's okay to be cheesy when it's true. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for Frame Trap. I don't have, I don't have any outro. I don't have any jokes. I got nothing. I just... Man, it is great to talk about a video game that good. Yeah. Know? And to see the emotions come out of you guys. I hope 
the two people that finished The Last Guardian and got to experience that enjoyed it as well. <laughs> if you want more of us, please go to easyallies.com. There you will find links to our Patreon where you can support us, keep this train rolling. Uh, Twitch, where we stream pretty much every day. Uh, YouTube, which you're on right now probably. Um, but there's also uh, our Place channel where we archive those streams and you can watch those, play wonderful things. And uh, yeah, if you would like to email the show, like you get your question read, it is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Until next time.